going to start this episode yet, so maybe we'll start it right here. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to this episode of Not Another Film Podcast. Um, we're coming to you today with a special, uh, more, more, this isn't special, this is an emergency. <laughs> this and yet is, it took us a week to make it. Scheduling's hard. Scheduling yeah. is hard. Oh, uh, an emergency. We're so late, but it's important that we talk about it. Spoiler alert, bonus episode. Uh, if you followed us before, you know these are episodes where we uh, talk about movies that are currently in theaters now um, that have kind of got the country all ablaze or if it's a pre-existing IP that we all feel very passionately about like a Star War or a Marvel um, or an HP then we're going to come and talk about or it or an FB or an FB <laughs> it's, I'm Macusa baby um, <laughs> all about FB um, we're going to talk about it on this show um and so that's what we're here doing today, is talking about this uh, Harry Potter ancillary story. Oh. Um, a story that may be a little bit more connected. Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why don't they just call, like, honestly... They could just call it a Newt Scamander, a Harry Potter story. I, I don't understand why they don't just drop the Fantastic Beasts, because... In every preceding movie, it's just going to become less of a f- actual Fantastic Beasts movie. That's right. Why can't they just be Harry Potter stories? It's been a pretty goddamn steep fallout from the first movie. I can I can tell you that right. There now. were nifflers in this one. Yeah, there were a family. Sorry, of- sorry. We're, we got to get through the intro. You're a family. Of nifflers. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, you have no idea what movie we're talking about, guys. You're absolutely On the right. Feed. We're talking about Thor Ragnarok today. <laughs> oh, uh, are we? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so God, we're gonna talk- it's so good. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about an enjoyable movie. Um, no, we're talking. About Fantastic Beasts, colon, the crimes, question mark, of Grindelwald. <laughs> Crime, uh, singular yes. me. How many crimes does he commit? Uh, this movie came out two weeks ago on November 16th um, and is still playing, still doing very well at the box office. As it stands currently, it's made about $130 million domestically, um, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. It's not as good as the first Fantastic Beast, which... It's not Venom good. It's not Venom good, weirdly <laughs> enough, but... Foreign box office. This thing is fucking crushing. Is it? This movie has oh, made yeah. over three hundred and forty million dollars uh, around the world. It's um, crushing. So we're getting the other three. Oh, oh no <laughs> doubt in my mind. This movie didn't have a Mandalorian's chance in hell of getting canceled. Uh, um, but yes, uh, we are here talking about this movie. Ooh, side note: Nick Nolte is going to be in the Mandalorian show. I saw that. Got announced. It's going to be a great fucking show. I just want an old wizened soldier that was there when it was written. That's anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. If they ever, and God knows, I don't want them to reboot a New Hope more so than they did with Force Awakens. <laughs> Nick Nolte's a great Ben Kenobi. Yeah, he's been, like Ben Kenobi. That's still in the war. Yeah, but here's the, here's the problem already, and this is what we're talking. This is an episode about a Harry Potter film, and we're already talking about other movies because uh, this leads me I into my first. I have so much to say. We have a lot to say on this episode. Strap in. Uh, fo- of course, requisite spoiler warning. Uh, if you have not seen the Fantastic Beasts movies, Maybe don't or the Harry no. Potter films or read the books. Um, that we are going to be spoiling a lot of those things because we need to in order to talk about yeah. the ramifications of this movie. Context from all of them is important. And I do want to make this announcement in all seriousness. This is not as this is not a joke as much as we love to have yuck yucks on this show. Um, much like with our episodes that we've done on Infinity War and on Solo uh, and again on this. We do get into playful ribbing with these movies and with these properties and with kind of the grand capitalist system that they are all operating and being created under. That being said, 
these are properties that we love. Mm-hmm. And these are movies, uh, you know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I, I have a feeling I'm speaking for all three of us mm-hmm. here, where the stories that we've seen, the images we've seen, the characters we've connected to have translated into our lives in a big way. They've become vocabulary for us. They've become touchstones for our own experiences um, and for us to be able to to relate to the characters we're seeing on screen. These are things that we love being associated with and love living in the worlds of. So it brings us no pleasure. Like, I would just say, like, we are all, like, just, we're huge Harry we're Potter huge fans. We're huge Harry yeah. Potter fans. Take all of the, like, the, the, the seriousness out of it. Like, we, we are huge Harry Potter Yeah, fans. like, I will defend Ravenclaw more than members of my own family. Like, for Ian's sure. birthday, we had a Harry Potter day. I love Harry Potter. I'm staring at my serious black wand right now. Yeah, like, we, we went to a Harry Potter trivia night as a group, the people that do this podcast. We did fine. Fucking, we fucking slayed. But you know what? Good. There were, like, 30 teams there, and we were in we were easily in fifth in place. The, yeah, we were in fifth place. We're fucking great. Yeah. Um, we love these movies. Bitches I, get snitches. I literally went to, ev- like, almost every single... Since I started reading the books, I went to every single midnight premiere. Mm-hmm. I, I like, re- have read each book almost ten times. I, like, went- my mom and I went on a trip to England to go to all the filming locations. Like, I- it brings me no joy to dislike anything in the Harry Potter universe whatsoever. And we all went into this particular movie wanting to like it. Yes. Absolutely. That's the, that's, the, that's the key, too, is, like, we... It brings, like Ian said, it brings us no pleasure... To, to really say negative stuff about movies because we go into each movie on this podcast, frankly, yeah. try, wanting to love it because, man, isn't that great? Trying and then, to find the things that we can connect yeah. to it. Right. It also makes it more personal, I think, when when it's bad, when you want it to be good so badly. Well, and that, and like, I get to like come back to the Harry Potter world and it's it makes me so happy to go back every time. And when it's not good, it legit hurts me. It caught... Like, I, I'm really upset because I you have to wait so long. I waited so long to come back to this world. And maybe we should have waited a little bit longer. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's making me just realize like I should have waited longer for it to be done right. Like I just yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something that like this movie actively ruins things I love about the original series. <laughs> All right, here we go. Also, right, Lauren, Ian, Eric. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, Lauren, I'm Ian, one of your co-hosts. Lauren Thompson is here. Eric Eilerson is here. Uh, yeah, I'm I wanna, pretty sure you recognized us from the Brink episode. I wanted to make <laughs> our infamous Brink episode. And Dunce Ian's here to play. <laughs> yes. uh, I Jacob? Wanted, I wanted to bring this up. Um, because I realized I didn't give this warning um, before our Infinity War episode and before our solo mm-hmm. episode, uh, and there's a lot of ribbing, particularly done by me in those episodes, and I don't want it to come across as I'm just going to see these things to to take the piss out of them. Like, I went into Infinity War really wanting it to be good, and I enjoyed a lot of it, and that movie's aged really well for me. I went into Solo really wanting to enjoy a lot of it, and parts of it work and parts of it don't for me. But for Eric, like, you love them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, and I do not fault you that at all. No. So if you do enjoy this movie, great. Would you mind sending me an email about why? Because gloves are off from this moment forward. Because I would fucking <laughs> love to understand. So this leads us to my first question. And yes, we have a structure this time because otherwise it's going to be a nine-hour podcast. I mean, Ian took notes. Eric and I are just going to die like men on this one. We I didn't take God. notes during the movie. I saw So I saw the movie the day before Thanksgiving with my sister who had already seen it. And... I asked her because we've seen a lot of the Harry Potter yeah, can movies together. we talk together. about our experience and going to the movie? Really sure, quick? sure, sure. I would like to hear everyone's experience. Sure. Before, after, during, what your emotional state was, how much you wanted to die at any given point. Yeah. So yeah. my <laughs> sister, uh, shout out to Megan on the uh, What Was That About podcast she was on last week. Um, 
Megan introduced me to Harry Potter when I was a kid. Uh, and so we had seen almost every single one of the movies in theaters together. When I think about these movies, I think about <clears throat> the people who I see it with and the friendships that I've had Absolutely. when I see these movies. Um, and I've gone back and watched, we've watched almost all of the Harry Potter movies again in the last couple of weeks, with the exception of maybe like the first one all the way through and the third one, which I've seen a billion times. But so Megan and I saw the first Fantastic Beasts together two years ago and she had already seen this one, but we were kind of like, for tradition's sake, I'll go see it again. And she had already kind of told me, I'm not crazy about it, but I need to see it again to kind of figure out some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so figure that out was... if it's like a knee-jerk reaction. That's where I went I've been in. I've working through that the last week, too. I'm like, am I <clears throat> overreacting? Yeah, yeah, so I went to the new 400, got a sweet, sweet $4 ticket, mm-hmm. and sat down and watched Fantastic Beasts, Cold and the Crimes of Grindelwald. And that was my experience. Uh, Eric, what was your experience? Um, so, very similarly to Ian, grew up watching all the Harry Potter movies, saw them all in theaters, midnight releases, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't remember how I saw the first Fantastic Beasts. I know I saw it in theaters, but it was so forgettable, I don't know who I was with, what theater I was in, what state I was in. Well, you were with <laughs> Newt Scamander. Weren't we all? Um, so, he's always with us. Love you, Newt. So I you just don't realize he's there because he's licking the floor somewhere. God. Is this weird? Um, so, is this the weirdest choice I could make? I'll do that then. <laughs> if I lick the floor, a bitty body bottom may jump into my nostrils. Um... <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I saw this. It suddenly makes me want Ben Wishaw to play Newt Scamander. <laughs> uh, so we'll I, get into this later. <laughs> so yeah, so so Laura and I went and saw this um, on a what was it a Saturday night or Sunday night, whatever it was. It was I like second. You texted us beforehand. Was it we first like, weekend. Ugh. Second week. Second, okay. You saw it after. I saw it first. That's right. That's right. You saw it after me. So I saw it second. You saw it like the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I saw it second weekend at the Davis Theater. Shout out. Um. Uh, movie passed it, thank God. Um, which is still going. No, mine's not. Funny enough, mine, <laughs> mine's still there somewhere. Still trucking along. Um, oh, and I, as I watched this movie, the, I opened it, it opened up, heard the music, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So to answer your question, Lauren, how I felt as I was watching it, the first bit was like, alright, okay. Yeah. Huh. And then about the last hour, my, my... This is a visual for our for our podcast listeners. I had my like finger kind of in my eye and my hand over my mouth, just kind of wondering like, I did is this same. is this oh, yeah. how this movie's ending? Oh yeah! Oh my ah. god! Is it so? It was just it was disbelief, and I then the credits rolled. Audible sounds of disbelief. <laughs> I watched in the last <laughs> tw- ten minutes of this movie. I watched. The, oh, you mean the, the consequential last, part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, watched yeah, the yeah. last hour of this movie as an inquisitive man on a forty-second story watching a car accident take place <laughs> below on the street, <laughs> knowing there was nothing I could do but just thinking. <laughs> I mean, I can't look away right now, because if I look away, I'm going to miss valuable information. I would, like, realize shit was going to happen. Like, I straight up saw, like, the little bird and was like, that's fucked. That's fucking Fox is goddamn. It's Fox and Fox. I was actively just so angry, moving around. I was in, like, a reclining seat. I was just like, Mm -hmm. ah! You You couldn't even get comfy in a recliner. I could not. I could not. Uh, so yeah, yeah. How many of Dumbledore's brothers were around you at the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I thought only one, but turns out the whole theater was full of them. <laughs> turns out I'm the 
related to Dumbledore. <laughs> oh my god. If Hashtag movie, we are all credence. If this movie came with like, you remember when uh, Pokemon, the first movie came out and you got like a Pokemon card with yes. your ticket? Oh, if man. this movie came with birth certificates for everyone that proved like, and you're a Dumbledore, and you're a Dumbledore, you know what your entire past and everything that you've loved about the series? Fuck it! <laughs> Everyone's a Dumbledore! <laughs> Like, when did Barty Crouch Jr. drink a fucking Polyjuice Potion and turn into J.K. Rowling to self-destruct her own franchise? Also, wasn't Polyjuice Potion, like, the hardest potion to make for about an hour? And yeah, now, Jesus, fuck, everyone in the Everyone's world is Polyjuice. Yeah, but Hermione, Polyjuice. Hermione was doing that shit in Deathly Hallows. They had, like, they had Polyjuice on tap in that. Well, that's what I'm also saying. Like, maybe it's just because uh, I'm currently watching Battlestar Galactica and I'm worried about everyone being a Cylon. I'm like, yeah. in Harry Potter, how do you ever fucking you know ever anyone is anyone. There should be some spell that's a test. There really should. Well, well yeah, you can. Well, or you can just like uh, like Lupin does in Deathly Hallows. You can like choke Harry against a door and be like, what was in the corner of my classroom when you met me the first time? Oh, he's by the way, so it's good. not a fact that anyone would remember. Harry, 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 Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. And Kingsley Shacklebolt well, for some reason. <laughs> well, also selectively with the Polyjuice Potion, if you just listen to people's voices... You realize that they're yeah. not matching, except for Mad-Eye Moody. It's wild. Yeah. Um, David so, Tennant's got a great, he's, he's he's got very a, he's great got attention great, to detail. He he's got a great So, so sorry, you, so you got a, uh, you got a, yeah. yeah. So you were so, in a recliner. Yeah, yeah a recliner. I went to see it in Florida with my parents. Um, I, they, my mom and I have always bonded over Harry Potter, um, I think that I saw all the movies except for one at midnight with my mom. So it's, it, it is very much a tradition. I didn't see the first Fantastic Beasts movie with my mom, which I was sad about. And then I like, saw the movie and was like, eh, okay. I'm, I'm okay with this. Um, so I saw it with my mom, and then my dad came along, and I did not realize until we were getting out of the car to go to the movie that my dad had never seen the first one. Um, and he was like, am I going to get it? And I thought about it and was like, who knows? Um... So Oof. my dad did not enjoy this movie. I was gonna say at all. My if if it was did, possible to be more befuddled than I was, it would be if I didn't know the first. So one. I would like to point out, my dad said after the movie, uh, "This movie made me remember that I cannot like movies." <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, for the record, Lauren's father, Dale Thompson, if you're listening right now, is the sweetest human being yeah. in the world. True. And like, also, yes. I've never heard him say an unkind word about anything. Yeah. Except he, for the current he, political he, administration. The <laughs> lights came up, and he said, I didn't understand any of that. And I was like, that's okay. Neither did I. And he was so relieved. And this is my like, shit. Also, yeah. I will say, love you, Dad. Uh, he did sleep for about a third of the movie. Honestly, time better spent. But And I was jealous. I didn't have the heart to wake him up, because I was like, is he missing anything? Oh, no, he yeah. missed all the Ilvermorny stuff. Oh, oh, fucking wait. Oh, wait. Remember that thing that they told us about for like okay. a couple of years? Oh, that no. was so. Uh, you know, you wait. know what it was? Is he missed all of the Deathly Hallows shit from the marketing say, yeah. of this? Oh wait, that's not but in that's this movie, not movie either. either. Oh fuck! But also, side oh, am I the only one that doesn't want the fucking Deathly Hallows in these movies? Because that's like the the pe like in the Harry Potter. That is a huge thing. Like, oh my god! And now it's like, oh wait, I'll it has be, to be in everything, dude. I'll be honest. Where the fuck? I would prefer. I would 100, and this leads me into my first question. Yeah, go. I would 100% prefer an entire franchise that the only thing, connective tissue it has to Harry Potter is that it takes place in the wizarding world. I agree. That's Which I thought, is what I thought yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to be. I thought we were getting that. But, but I also think that the, the Deathly Hallows shit 
is it's something to me that is very similar to the like and we're gonna talk about this the reveal that Dumbledore is gay and was in love with Grindelwald whoa 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 what that wasn't in the movie oh my god what um but I think it's very similar in that you know you don't have to do a movie about the Deathly Hallows everything in the Harry Potter universe doesn't have to be about the Deathly Hallows I totally agree yeah the same way everything in the Star Wars universe doesn't have to be about Luke Skywalker it it makes the universe smaller but you're specifically going back and saying we are telling a story about Grindelwald and Dumbledore right and so canonically those are intrinsically linked That's to the fair. story of the of Deathly, Deathly Hallows. Hallows. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to go back and say, and just the same way that it, that it is intrinsically linked to the idea that they that like Dumbledore was in love with him. So to go back and be like, we're not going to touch either of those things in this story, just makes me it makes the story completely irrelevant. Why the fuck are you telling the story then if you're not going to tell it? the way that you say that it went down. I don't fucking understand. Especially when J.K. has screenwriting credit on both of these movies. Yes. And can I say that this this movie, a lot of these a lot of these points, especially with the, the Dumbledore Grindelwald stuff, which is still, frankly, for me, by far the most interesting part of this movie and this whole series. Yeah! So I never understood, to go back to our Infinity War episode, listeners, if you listen to that one, um, Ian, you were saying and, uh, a lot of Infinity War will be based on the second one. Yes. You're right? And I'm like, I felt this, but it's threefold because we have three more fucking movies. So I'm like, we won't know till the fifth one if this one's good? What the fuck? Which is, which is, and I never understood that until this because it got expanded so far that I'm yeah. like, I wanted this one to be, the Dumbledore Grindelwald stuff is um, fascinating to me because I want to say on a good note. Jude Law kills this movie. I oh, loved yeah. him as young Dumbledore. Yep. I really I wanted agree. more. Him in Hogwarts was... 80 times better than anything that was in fucking U.S. or France or bullshit. I'm willing I want to Dumbledore. Yeah. That he is teaching the wrong class. Yep. According to her own book. Because, you know what? He's charming as shit, and he's the best cinematic Dumbledore we've had. It's the he first is. time we've gotten, of the three Dumbledores, in my opinion, it's the first time we get the twinkle in the eye and yep. the warmth underneath the kind of, like, cold reserve that... Of course everyone, lo- of course everyone loves him. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. And I get why people are attracted to this per- Like, or not attracted to Jude to Law. Person. Me too. Well, yeah, obviously. I, mean, <laughs> I get why people... Did you see that three-piece suit, though? I- oh, I guess damn. what I mean is I get <laughs> why, uh, why people are endlessly kind of drawn... To this mm-hmm. person. There's something yeah. mysterious about him. You can't quite figure him out. There's something quietly powerful about him. Yes. But, yeah, like, there's something about Jude Law's performance. And I think, honestly, it's just, like, you just needed to find a naturally charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jude Law is that person. Yeah, I, I think that's why I'm excited for the next three. Of Jude, if Jude, if this yeah. totally. If, bumped up. if, if they if had they cast say, Ewan McGregor in this, it would have been the same deal. It's like, you need an yeah. actor that has that magnetism where it's just like, I just want to be around you and I don't know why. Yeah, or if this had just been the young Dumbledore series. Like, oh, fa- God. I'm sure. Imagine that's what you, it is. Imagine like, it should have been that. Why is it Fantastic Beasts? What if it was fucking Jude Law Dumbledore and Ewan McGregor Grindelwald and making out? Give me that all day. Better. That'd be great. That would have been better because. Polyjuice. Uh, okay, Polyjuice in the next one. Yeah. Or he can apparently transform at will, so it doesn't even he doesn't even fucking need polyjuice. You can cast whoever the fuck you want. But anyway, what I was gonna say about Dumbledore is like I think that Jude Law is kind of perfect because I think the last two Dumbledores we've had, Richard Harris was so much the like calm, dad. kind dad Wise. Dumbledore. Wow. Whereas Michael Gambon leaned a little too far for me into the like flawed Dumbledore. Totally a dick. He was he was so flawed, he was so much that later Dumbledore where you're like, I can't really get a read on him that you didn't get any of the warmth of yeah, Richard man. Harris's, yes. and you need someone who kind of can go right in between, which is what I think Jude Law really manages, where mm-hmm. you get this idea of 
this person who is a very calming presence, is a very charismatic presence, a very powerful presence, mm -hmm. but he also is a flawed human being. So that's why I think this movie really errs when it says that, like, he can't fight Grindelwald because of a stupid blood pact, rather than the original reason, which is that he cannot fight Grindelwald because of so many internal reasons that make him afraid. Well, and I think... I, and I think the impulse for the blood pact is to have a physical representation of that conflict. Yeah. To have like a, and it's literally around Grindelwald's neck. Yeah. Like, like Can to I, show like this is mm -hmm. the re the reason Dumbledore and Grindelwald cannot come to blows. Here's the physical representation of that thing so that it's not just an ethereal idea, which I think would be okay for us more, not mature audience yeah. members, because God knows the three of us aren't mature, but I think the like the people in their 20s that have grown up with this story, because I do we think... We know the mythology. Well, and I've... I've we love totems. <clears throat> well, yeah, and I talked to a couple people uh, at work and stuff whose kids have seen this movie, and their kids seem to like it a lot, mm -hmm. yeah. which makes me, again, kind of go back to my... Uh, my feelings, I'm really thinking a lot about to Star Wars today, mm -hmm. about like, I am, is this movie just like, is this for a different right. fan base? Is this to usher in the next generation of fans into Harry mm -hmm. Potter? If so, then I understand why I have quibbles with it, but then I'm not its target audience, but then this movie's confusing because <laughs> it is 79% fan service. Right. Can I do a quick theory before we get off the blood pack thing? <clears throat> sure. Uh, because... The whole idea of the blood pact is new, right? We haven't heard about this. We've, I mean, we know Unbreakable Vows. We can fuck with Unbreakable Vows all day, and which is kind of what it seems like they're talking about. My theory is that this whole blood pact thing is something that Dumbledore and Grindelwald carry around, and when they eventually end up meeting... Um, well, Dumbledore doesn't have it. Sorry, when they end up meeting... Right, right, right. Um, when they end up meeting... Newt will be like, we, we destroyed your blood pack, Grindelwald, so Dumbledore can fight you now. And Grindelwald will be all like, what do you mean? That didn't, that, there was no magic in that. That was, He's like, you destroyed that, that was ours. And oh. it's all Dumbledore having an excuse to be like, no, I'm not in love with him. There's a magic thing that he's lying to cover the fact that he loves Grindelwald so much. I know. I think I that's know. a good twist. I think it's, I think yeah. it's better than this movie is, it's frankly. Better. And I, don't want I want it. To happen it. Because I want, I would like that to happen. That would be much better than, yeah. I think this, this I'm holding out for that. Love, but I think that. Because this movie loves red herrings. Holy yeah, fuck. Oh my because God. Because I just <coughs> want, I just want a, a character other than Queenie. I think full stop. You want a character. To, to, yeah. <laughs> to do something that is not, like, to have an obstacle that is not a fucking magical object that they have to destroy or, like, maze they have to get through. Yeah. I would like to one person to have an, an obstacle that is based on a relationship to another person that feels earned. Well, yeah, Queenie's obstacle is uh, anti-fascism. Uh, uh, is it? Queenie's <laughs> obstacle is her fucking self. Yo. No, her obstacle is the writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they fucking yeah. did Queenie dirty. Queenie, we love you as you maybe as should have are. That's been. my that's my eighth point. We'll get we'll get to Queenie <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, we, okay. We, we've, we've derailed it a little bit, but it's cool. Like because uh, Dumbledore was a, Dumbledore was a point that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um. And and I think we're all in agreement uh, agreement on this that we we're all fans of Jude Law's Dumbledore. And, More please. And if this franchise is going to officially translate into the Dumbledore Grindelwald prequel series, Great. which which we didn't, uh, or I didn't ask for at least, but um, we're getting, yep. then cool. The next question then comes in, why do we need the Fantastic Beast characters yep. and creatures? Because, uh, and this goes into my, just a quick, like, or, uh, tweet yes. length, tweet length answers. Yes. I'll, I'll go here. Where do you guys stand on Fantastic Beasts and where to find them? The first movie. Uh, Lauren, I'll go to you. 
Um, I think it's a movie that I like selectively, and I like it in the sections that it feels like an adventure movie about, like, wizarding animals. Like, I, I want it to just... Do you like the beasts? Yeah, I do. I would prefer, the like, the first movie if it was a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit, like... I think that they just tried to have it both ways. I like the points when it was just kind of a, a younger kids movie, like, about, like... A bunch of animals being loose in New York City, and we get to live like live in this world. Not when the moments when it's like dark and like when all the stuff about Cretans. I think that I would have liked it better if it was just like if Newt Scamander was just like wizard uh, animal Indiana Jones, kind of going to a different area of the world every time and mm. like interacting with the world. Steve Steve Irwin, yeah. uh, wizard hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not wizard hunter. Or wizard hunter. Mean, yeah, yeah. A creature hunter. Creature yes. hunter. Niffler hunter. Niffler hunter. He was yeah. just the Niffler hunter. Um, great, Eric. What about you? Um, mostly agreed. I would die for Nifflers. I think they're great. Yeah. Uh, the I, only time I felt anything in this. Yo, movie. hot take. More useful than porgs. They yes. at least oh, contribute to the plot easily. <laughs> um, uh, it's a forgettable movie. Mostly, um, I don't believe. Uh, the trio vibe that they try to shoehorn in. Uh, I yeah. think the characters are mostly flat. I think it sh- agreed it should be Newt, uh, mostly on his own, maybe with a couple people here and there, but no like lifelong buddies. Every, like an Indiana Jones yeah. style thing, like diff- kind of different crew every time. Yeah, overall, I like the beasts. Uh, Credence is the uh, hashtag stop trying to make Credence happen. We yeah. don't need it. Um, I, I think I like that, yet other stuff, Ezra Miller. Yeah, it should it should have been. A, we need to talk about Credence. Frankly, it should have been a Star Wars. It should have been a Star Wars story. It should have been like a one off, like a, one-off a, a Fantastic Beast one. Here's the Quidditch one. Here's the this. Yeah, one. if we're really doing this, here's a history of magic. Here, yep. uh, here's, I would have fucking love a Quidditch like uh, uh, like sports I would, movie. Dude, I would give me Friday it. Night Lights and Quidditch. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! Give me an entire animated movie of Tales of Beetle the Bard done the same way that the Tale of the Three Brothers is done yeah. in Deathly Hallows Part One. I am fucking there opening night. So I think over. This is a long tweet answer of mine uh, but I think all of these it's not what we're getting with this I think that they should have done just do your trilogy of Grindelwald Dumbledore st- movies that's fine and all these should be one-offs on the WB streaming service that's coming out great um, I, I think I'm a little warmer on this than both of you actually I'm, I, I, and I rewatched Fantastic Beasts uh, like maybe a month or two ago you're a Fantastic Beast guy I'm a Fantastic Beast guy <laughs> um, no I'm, I like give it a solid B I think it's like it is not a fun movie <laughs> to watch. It's kind of boring in a lot of places. But I really like the world building, and I think that we get better senses of characters in Fantastic Beasts than we do in a lot of the, like, secondary or ancillary outings of these other IPs. <coughs> like, I feel more connected to, like, the the Newt, Tina, Queenie, Jacob squad than, personally, I did to, like the renegade group that Han found in Solo. Sure. And that's just me. I felt I felt like I knew more of what those characters wanted and what they were there to do. And I was really on board for the Jacob Queenie love story in the first one. I thought it was really cute. that was the best part of the and, movie. And I really love, and this we'll talk about this, this kind of leads me into my next thing. I really like, like, the characters and the dynamic of Newt and Jacob. And I think Jacob's a super interesting character because we don't get that. And like, that's the one thing we that that this series offered that Harry Potter did not, which is what the magical world looks like to the eyes of a Muggle, and or I'm sorry, a nomad. But um, which I think is interesting who gets because it? like, who isn't afraid of it? Well, but the yeah the because the best scenes in Fantastic Beasts are when the magic is happening, which we as an audience have seen happen for eight movies and seven books, and whether we like it or not, we are a little bit 
dulled to it yeah. because we're like, sweet magic. And getting to watch somebody experience that for the first time and getting to see, like, I'm thinking specifically of the scene when, like, Jacob is at Tina and Queenie's house and they're making dinner for him yeah. in front of him, which I think is a lovely scene. And getting to be reminded, like, this is amazing. This world is amazing. And to get to watch it come to life in front of you would really fucking blow your mind. And yeah. the fact <clears throat> of the matter is none of that, none of that has any weight in this movie. It is interesting because in the Harry Potter movies, we spend, like, tr- half an hour in each movie trying to learn a spell. And it's like, and there's the magic of figuring it out, especially in the books, like, the work that they put into learning these things. And then by the, by the time we get to Deathly Hallows, which I love those movies. I think they're tremendously made. Yeah. It's just flicking a wand and light comes out. Because, because we like, know. We no. have the shorthand. Which I think is honestly a smart move by the filmmakers because they're like, we can move on from that. But you're right. It does kind of build that numbness to the wonders of magic, mm-hmm. which is actually one thing in Fantastic Beasts. At the end of it, when they were repairing all of New York with the magic, I was like, how, how, why, where is this yeah, technology? Where is this technology? And has... There are, it immediately got rid of stakes because I think what J.K. Rowling did in Harry Potter, well, she made magic happen, but it's still there were still limits. real life consequences. Yeah, and there were you, limits. You can't fix there it. There were rules yeah. to magic. There's no limit in Fantastic Beasts. No you limits. can obliviate anyone. You can fix anything. If, apparently, if you get blown the fuck up, doesn't matter. Well, okay, and that leads. What you just said leads me into uh, my point that I was going to make. Yes, sir. Um, so a very quick question. This was the the first question on the list, but I think we've all answered it at this point. Because um, I firmly stand by the first movie in and of itself. You could show it to people. It's a movie. Yes, it's got characters. You see a journey that, that takes place. They leave. You do not need a second movie after that. There's no like. There's not a ton of like. Uh, there's not a hanging chat at the end of that movie. Yeah, the Grindelwald reveal. The Grindelwald reveal, fine, but like also like whatever. Like that movie didn't need that. If you like did not show yes. me the Grindelwald reveal, and, I'd be fine. Uh, the movie would be so much better if you didn't. But exactly, but it's um, but that's a movie. Is the Crimes of Grindelwald a movie? No, no, no. And my reason for that is not just a snarky thing. It's a very true thing of like. Is there an arc? Do stakes get achieved? Do we see things through to their logical closing point? Do we? And this is why this this was the thing I felt missing from my experience at the end of Infinity War, where I'm like, I watched a bunch of great action scenes and a lot of really quippy one-liners and saw emotional like scenes between people, but I did not track the story that it was trying to tell reach its logical conclusion point because we're going to get that in the next movie, mm-hmm. which is why I stand by. I enjoyed Infinity War a lot. I will probably enjoy it more when I know where it's going in the next movie. Sure. This movie does not get to that. And from what we're understanding, we're getting three more of these movies, like Lauren said. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what it's are we just going to have essentially a four movie long movie? Because like the the as 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 Lauren pointed out earlier in our text thread this <clears> week, <throat> the final duel between Dumbledore and Grindelwald doesn't happen for 17 years. Yes. The existential dread that hit me when I realized <coughs> that. Let's We're gonna have to watch and JK and JK has said like no this this series will end in 1945 so we're gonna watch these characters age. So that means we're going to get used to a lot of the great aged up makeup that we got in the epilogue at the end of fucking Hallows Part 2. Get ready for Ezra Miller with wrinkles on his eye, on his face. But also Ezra Miller's character could either be 18 or 30 according to the timeline. Or alive or dead. Like who's... Who, who cares? Fuck, who knows? He exists in some liminal space. Well, there's but, also the idea that he says, I'm, you're the one person that can defeat Dumbledore. And, and to the point where she's taken the stakes out of the movies... No, he doesn't. You're like, no. Well, okay, and that's my next he question. He literally never does it. He doesn't even make it into the biography. 
So like he doesn't. Or even Pottermore. Get, there's nothing on Credence. So on Pottermore. he doesn't even get close enough to make it into the tell-all biography. Yeah. Well, well, but that leads me to my next point, which is kind of an overarching. I, sorry. I'm, no, no, go for it. Can I just say really quick? This is gonna be very, very quick. Um, I think that the movie is not a movie, but it feels like a bad adaptation of maybe a decent book. Sure, I think it that read, there's... I think the script reads like a book because it's so much just people telling each other stuff and then people, characters supposedly being fascinating because of their internal life, which we are not a privy to. Yeah, I like that. It's a, yeah, exactly right. It's because a movie... So many characters are so mysterious that they they do not become characters. But if it was a book, like J.K. Rowling can write incredibly well in narrative spaces for internal the internal beings of characters. But it just doesn't work. It doesn't translate to the screen. You need an adapter that can make those interesting on the screen. And it's like it's like that scene in Prisoner of Azkaban where they're they're in the Shrieking Shack and they're telling the story of the, of the Marauders. They cut that from the movie because it doesn't make good film to just stand around and tell a story like they do at multiple points of this movie. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, and so I think it potentially could work on the page. I really actually think it might be interesting to read the novelization of this, but as a movie, it fails. Yeah, because there feels like there's a movie missing yeah. between yep. Fantastic Beasts and this movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can move on now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I was just going to, to say to your point about prequels, because we're getting a lot of prequels. Um, I think this, and a lot of this started, I think, in the late 90s with the Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. I think we were seeing it a lot in those franchises, um, with movies like Rogue One and movies like Solo, we're seeing it in the Marvel universe with, uh, we're going to be seeing it with Captain Marvel coming out. It's going to be a prequel movie essentially with these prequel movies that are seeking and that are coming out to be, to answer questions and be like, well, this is the story of how Dumbledore was able to eventually defeat Grindelwald, which I think we now know that's the shape this series is taking. Mm -hmm. We know how it turns out. We know Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. We know that Captain Marvel will prop will eventually, I guess, join the Avengers. Her, we don't know. I don't know what her place is in this yet, uh, but I hope it's cool. Uh, but ruler of all. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's what makes Captain Marvel work as a prequel. Well, yes, exactly, because we don't know. We've never seen this character or heard of this character. Exactly. Does, then I guess, because the stakes then, like you said, Eric, and that's kind of where I'm feeling with a lot of, I'm getting like super prequel fatigue because I'm like, I know how these turn out. So then the the real, the, the thing keeping me and drawing me to these movies is the why and the how. Not the not the what happens, but the how it happened. Mm -hmm. So then the only real surprise JK has with this franchise is to say, like, you think you know what happened between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but this is what actually happened, which is what makes the events of this movie and finding out Credence's lineage and, and hearing about all of this stuff that's going mm -hmm. on, that's what makes it genuinely scary for me because that's the one way you could still surprise your audience. Like nothing yeah. that happened in Rogue One surprised mm -hmm. me because I knew where it was going. The right. only thing that surprised me was realizing that it was going literally up until seconds before A New Hope starts. Yeah. But like this movie, there's like what's... The only thing that, that could potentially surprise viewers is to make them go, you think you know this story, but you don't. And the possibility of upending 20 years of established yeah. and beloved canon. Yeah, so on that, I want to speak on that Star Wars note, because the comparison between the two is really interesting. Because despite the filmmaking flaws of the Star Wars prequels, I think one thing they do well is they are not at all concerned with surprising their audience. From the moment Jake Lloyd steps on the, on the screen, we know he'll be Darth Vader. And there are shots in each movie where you're like, 
See, here's a little anger. See, they, they're not trying to pretend he won't become Vader. They're not trying to pretend everything won't fall. I think of the, the, the truthfully, like, my favorite poster of any of the Star Wars movies, which is that poster of the, the Phantom Menace with him walking mm-hmm. outside of the dune and you see the huge shadow behind him. Of yeah. Vader. It's, of Vader. It's I think it's a great yeah. poster. There are still moments of it in the, the prequels of Star Wars where you have moments of like, oh, C-3PO was built by Anakin. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, oh you're, that, that betrays the narrative of the original. Right. But, but, it, but I think what, because what, I think Fantastic Beasts, yes. So I think what, what, what I like about Things like Rogue One and things like a lot of the prequels that Star Wars is doing right now, it's saying like, hey, you know how this is going to end. We're going to show you how it gets there, and then we're good. Whereas Fantastic Beasts, I think, is still so concerned with with surprising surprising the audience. And I'm like, dude, the purpose of a prequel, in my opinion, is to say, you already know the conclusion. Let's go on this journey together. Let's flesh it out. It is a mutual understanding when you get in in the theater. It is not a normal quote-unquote normal movie, mm-hmm. where the goal is to surprise you, or the goal is to, like, be a couple steps ahead of you. In a prequel, mm-hmm. you can kind of relax a bit more. Mm-hmm. And in Fantastic Beasts, it seems like they are working overtime mm-hmm. to to surprise the audience many times in the movie that they lose track of their own threads, they lose mm-hmm. track of their own plot. It seems like they were writing pages on the day mm-hmm. to be like, no, this would actually be more confusing because they're so terrified in a culture that is obsessed with spoilers that... They have to have some big reveal. That the audience will figure it out during the movie. Whereas if they just acknowledge the fact that we know some things already, mm-hmm. have fun with that and relax into the or, warm water or of people. Or lean into the, the aspects of it that are not tied to the original. Yeah. Let the surprises be about, like, the, a- the animals. Newt or or Jacob. Uh, about I, these characters that you've actually, like, taken time to get us invested in. Or these characters. For, you know, yeah. successfully or unsuccessfully. Yeah, maybe make Tina a full character. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, oh, my God. God, I fucking life. hate Tina. Like, let her have her own internal life. Or she did something in this movie. Yeah, or. She gets lost. Yeah. Eh. I gotta save my girlfriend that I haven't talked to in a year, and we're not really dating, and she's mad at me, but I'm also looking for creatures and Grindelwald's around. Dumbledore gave me a mission, but where's Tina? <clears throat> yeah, that's its own thing that I want to come back to for <laughs> absolutely sure. But I think that the, the also the interest in the prequels is is again the the how and the why. And the why is so interesting because I think one of the things that I was excited for when you said that like Dumbledore is going to be in this, this is a story with Grindelwald, is because Dumbledore is such a, a he's a, a mysterious character in many ways in the in the original stories. Harry never truly really gets to get a read on him until it's kind of too late which mm-hmm. is which is the tragedy of that character the fault of both of them yeah, I think mean, that that's what's interesting yeah. is that Dumbledore was initially pitched to us as 11 year olds as this me- he like, was Atticus Finch he was the Atticus Finch yeah, in the Harry Potter yes. world but, yeah. and then we found out and he then, was the ghost set of Watchmen of that. I think it's one of the best parts <laughs> Holy of the seventh shit. book I think it's one of the best parts of the seventh book when when you get to know that that he was this flawed person, that he was a human, that he was not this person that Harry had put on a pedestal for most of the series, mm-hmm. that he was this... He this, fucked up. Yeah, that he fucked up. And, and he had that regrets. Is, and I think yeah. that's such an important lesson for readers to have learned about him, mm-hmm. that your heroes can have regrets, they can have made mm-hmm. mistakes. They're fallible. Yes, yeah. and so I think that when you tell me Dumbledore is going to be in this, I'm not interested to see how he broke a, a magical blood pact. I'm interested to see yeah. how he made those mistakes. So I'm hoping that... That it's, yeah. I hope it's just a thing that they want to sell the kids at Hot Topic, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. actually matter. I'm interested to see how he dealt with the like the 
the guilt over potentially having killed his sister and the re- the fact that he cannot face Grindelwald because one he he it's somebody that he loves and Dumbledore was never this character that we knew that had ever been in love and that's fascinating to me mm-hmm. and then and also because he might because Grindelwald might know whether or not he cast the curse that killed his sister, which is such a rich thing. Yeah. That, like, Dumbledore doesn't have that certainty, but this person might, and he might be able to tell you the thing that will destroy you emotionally. So, well, that's the the Quidditch Through the Ages movies is going to be a nine-part <laughs> miniseries <laughs> where you find out uh, about Ariana, uh, Ariana Grande, Ariana Dumbledore, and what she had for breakfast. Exactly. Like, one yeah. Oh, my God. I want a nine-part Quidditch Through the Ages, but as, like, an ESPN documentary. Oh, my God. Fucking <laughs> Dude, Brian Gumble narrating the entire thing. Money. Oh my god. His name is like oh Flit Miss McDongles and something. And it's <laughs> shot like with the expert and like the slow mo- pans over the moving photographs. Dude, it's like a 30 for 30, just like long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the rest of this podcast. We're doing a 30 for 30 and quit it. Oh my, oh my god. god. I would love write, that shit. Oh my god. Dude, let Please. us do it. And I guarantee you, we'll have one little Harry Potter nugget in there and that'll be it. That'll be literally it. Yeah, it'll well, be yeah. The, the goblins that made the snitch that Harry eventually yeah. got. Or, or look at who is the. the you're the youngest a seeker in a century. Go back to a century before. Do that, kid. Yeah, the 11-year-old who then also became a seeker. Um, cool, 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 cool. That that was a really yeah. that was really really well. We're so yeah. excited about Harry Potter, guys. Yeah, let's. Do we want to talk about the love stories in this movie? Do you want to jump into that? Was that one of your points? Well, one of my points. I want to take Dumbledore and directly go into. I want to kind of get all the like not boring conversations, but the stuff that I think we'll all agree about. Yeah. Out of the way initially. Yeah. Oh, one thing about Dumbledore too. You mentioned uh, uh, going back just a second about how we know Dumbledore won't die or whatever. There is the possibility that it's somebody that else's do- apologies potion. That he does <laughs> die, and because yeah. Resurrection Stone. I mean, if he if he knows the Resurrection Stone will work with Harry and Deathly Hallows, how does he know that? Unless he may have already died himself. Yeah. Well, and we know. I, I would. I would hate that. I would hate but that it's so it's much. possible. Well, but universe. we also know that like he doesn't that. kill Grindelwald. We know Grindelwald died in prison, and from or at least if we're taking Dumbledore at his word, we know. Or Grindelwald someone that looks died. like Grindelwald died in prison. Polyjuice. Maybe it's Abernathy. This character I could give two fucks about. <laughs> it's Arioli Dumbledore. Dude, Jesus fucking Christ! How many A um, names you got? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just get this out of the way yeah. right now. Uh, Johnny Depp. This, uh, uh, not, not a great look for, for this movie. In um, so many different in ways. In so many different ways. The controversy surrounding, um... Not a great... Johnny character. Depp as a, as a, as an actor, as a marketable actor right now, um, which truthfully he has not been marketable in a while, mm-hmm. uh, at least in American box office, um, but then was of course... Expedited by the uh, the allegations against him by his ex wife Amber Heard, mm-hmm. um, with a with a lot of uh, uh, stories of abuse, mm-hmm. um, and so there was a with huge. A lot of, I would like to point with out proof. a lot of proof. With a lot of proof. Yeah. A lot of proof. Um, and so there was a huge so outcry like, from fans when Johnny Depp was cast as Grindelwald when we saw the reveal that you got rid of a perfectly good Colin Farrell, perfectly good, and and replaced it with Johnny Depp. That there's an outpouring uh, of fans that were essentially saying. Harry Potter, at its core, is a story about victims of abuse getting getting through their abuse and mm-hmm. finding their own strength. So to then cast someone that is now seen, I think, in a lot of public light as an abuser, as this as a like an incredibly uh, 
important character in this prequel series who will essentially see more than likely throughout all five of these movies a title character a title yeah. character um, <laughs> seems to kind of retroact a lot of your mission statement and a lot of what readers have connected to and found strength in from your series and it, it series. a thing that is very is very yeah. And precious to a lot of people. And JK, who is incredibly outspoken on her Twitter and, and in tours and stuff like that, has said pretty much, like, we stand by our casting of Johnny Depp. We're really excited to work with him. Um, and, and like, kind of the, the sense I got from what she was saying was, and get the fuck ready for what you see him do in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at least... And Johnny Depp is not an untalented actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, like, get ready for, like, the next iconic Johnny Depp performance. And I, and I would like to say that Daniel Radcliffe came back to that and then was like, he shouldn't be in this movie. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe was like, well, we had one cast member in like, cause they recast either. I can't remember if it was Crab or Goyle. I it was Goyle. Goyle. They fired one of those actors <clears throat> for something much less for like growing weed or something, which is much. Not I think it's much, called gillyweed. Which is not nearly <laughs> oh, as bad yeah. as beating your ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I, I, where it's just, it's not unprecedented. It's just because he's such a big name. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> Do we think, uh, barring that, knowing yeah. that that's how we kind of feel, that's the given, that's what yes. we go into this movie yes. with, does his performance in the movie, uh, A, make Grindelwald a compelling character, and B, um, is he, uh, uh, like, we can't have this series without Johnny Depp? Um, I'll go to you first, Eric. Uh, for the first question, uh, I think, yeah. You think I, he's a compelling character? I do. Um, I think that... The, the the TED Talk finale of this movie mm-hmm. um, at the rally, I thought that was I like I was think it was super well done. I think he had that kind of calm. It's like a smart Trump, which I think is definitely how the character is written. But he's like, I know I'm hitting your fear mongering, but I'm doing it in a way that is calm. I'm doing it in a way that is kind of terrifying, and I will also kill an infant without a second thought. Like it's that kind of cool terror um, mm-hmm. that I totally read. Um, that being said, so yes, I do think that his performance was, was excellent. Two, do we need Johnny Depp with it? I think absolutely not. Because we have established, as we have said throughout this podcast, polyjuice. I would like to point out he does not need polyjuice, as we confirmed in the first movie. And also there's the idea of like, hey... J.K. Rowling also confirmed he can change into literally any shape whenever he wants. Yeah, so wouldn't Grindelwald... If, if you are this guy, this giant public figure, right? You want your face to be <coughs> terror. Would you not... Even if he was a nice person, Johnny Depp, right? <laughs> Let's just go there. Would you not be interesting narratively in this decades-long war to change yourself in order to hide into and say, I'm Grindelwald, and then that terror of Grindelwald could be anybody, have that seep... This is Battlestar Galactica, and I'm so sorry. No, it's uh, but like, But, like, have it seep into everyone's mind of, like, oh, my God, is Grindelwald around me at any time? Because he can look like anything. So then do a fucking Heath Ledger Parnassus situation. That's exactly what I'm saying. Where there's a ton of actors that play Grindelwald. Yeah, I think my my idea for how to make this work and how to salvage maybe the rest of the series would be a different actor or actress as Grindelwald in the the successive movies. Tilda Swinton. Be amazing. Yep. I'm super down. Yeah, like so that we could get a different actor playing that Um, role each time. Um, Yeah. I'll go on. Yeah, I, I think... There was nothing that he did in this movie that, A, I haven't seen him do better in other movies, mm-hmm. and B, not that it's like, I get that, uh, that, like, 
I want to think of Grindelwald as that kind of a, a villain as well, as this kind of smooth-talking, like, just knows how to appeal. We're told, con- like, this movie is so fucking obsessed with telling us things instead of showing us things, yeah. which is antithetical to movie making yeah. that it just it, like so much of it just comes to oh well we had to change his locks three times because he's so goddamn persuasive we had to cut his tongue out because he just kept talk talk talking oh my god he's so evil and persuasive and charismatic that like everybody wants to fucking like make out with him constantly and apparently he can fool a legilimens yeah so that shit is like okay you you want me to buy that Geller Grindelwald is the wizarding Hannibal Lecter. You want me to buy mm-hmm. that he is the most persuasive, scarily charismatic person. I don't think Johnny Depp's doing that in this movie. I think he's, that doing, level, no. he's doing like the cold cool underneath it, but there's no, the same magnetism that we see in Dumbledore and in Jude Law's performance. I think we need to see that same level of magnetism in Grindelwald. And I like, you cannot look at Grindelwald and not think that guy looks evil as fuck right now. Yeah. You he's know what I believe the, it with? And Colin he, Farrell. And yeah. he says exactly. evilly as fuck. Yeah. Like yeah. I believe it in Colin Farrell. I believed it in Colin Farrell's performance where I was watching that in fantastic beasts and doing the thing of, I don't know if I'm supposed to trust this guy or not trust this guy. Mm-hmm. And at I, the end, when he defends himself against 80 people, you're like, oh, Yeah, fuck. I'm like, oh, shit, this guy is fucking powerful. And it caught me off guard and surprised me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about Johnny Depp's Grindelwald that I think is necessary, like that I will miss if you get rid of, I agree this, that. Uh, of, of this actor's interpretation yeah, of it. And I honestly think you would be doing the fans, which if fan service is really this important to your series, which it seems to be for J.K. Rowling and for the Harry Potter franchise, I really think you're doing your fans a major disservice in not listening to kind of the outcry of people that are not just like pithy like we are that are like, "Eh, I would prefer a different actor, but are actually genuinely like hurt and cannot bring themselves to connect with this next chapter of a world they love because of the outside world persona of Johnny Depp in this role. Dude, yeah. just eat the money. Like, eat the money. Eat the money. You're a fucking multi-billionaire. Like, we know he's contracted, and that's why you're fucking doing this. Like, we know mm-hmm. it's because he's contracted for all the movies, and he probably has it in his contract that you can't fucking fire him without paying a shit ton of money. Pay the fucking money. Let us see him go back to that form once a movie so he's technically in it. But just don't fucking use him. I'm sorry. You're going to make a shit ton of money anyway. You've already made a shit ton of money, and it's bullshit. Yeah. And I guarantee if you fire him, you'll make more money. Great. I just wanted to get that out of the way yep. because I feel like we can't we enough. can't not address that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something else to it? Oh, I just didn't get to answer the question. Oh, what was your... Yes. I want to hear your answer to it. Um. So I hear what you're saying, Eric, but I completely disagree. Totally. I think that... <laughs> I think that that character... I like the idea of the character more than I like the execution of the character. Same. I like the idea of Grindelwald. I like the the way that Grindelwald was explained in the novels. I like the way that, that he's kind of been hyped up as this kind of anti-Voldemort, really. Of, like, he's not pushing into the, like, he's a dark wizard. He's mm-hmm. pushing into the, like, I, it's understandable. I'm one of you. I he's Magneto. Yeah, I was, about to, I was literally about to say, I'm like, so sorry. I think there's <laughs> nothing that he does in this movie that was not done better with Magneto in the in any of the X-Men yeah. movies. Ray Fiennes had more charisma without a nose. Yeah, and he was playing an overtly evil person. <laughs> I would still probably follow <laughs> He's you know chewing what? the fuck out of that scenery, and I and love I'm it. And I'm still like, I'd rather choose that guy. I'd yeah. hang out with him. I'd I hang out with Snake Boy. He also yeah. ha- he holds his wand a lot cooler. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I think that, that when he is... like an old school <laughs> cigarette. 
I think that what Ian said is super cool, is, is super true about just like, he's. Uh, <laughs> We're doing mod mime, sorry, folks. I'm sorry, Ian is just doing like, they're both miming, and Ian's just doing the Spider Man. <laughs> doing the Spider the Spider Man hand thing, and just there's a wand between the middle finger and the right finger. Which is what Ray Fines did day one, and they're like, okay. I he's guess. like, what is this? How do you hold a wand? They're like, great, just action, shoot, shoot, shoot now. Fucking do it! But my makeup's not done. Fuck it. That's the new Voldemort makeup. Fuck it. You didn't put the nose on yet. He has no nose now. It's canon. Go. <laughs> what about the wig? No. There's no wig. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is gold. This is gold. Pull out the eight millimeter. Keep filming. Am I supposed to? Robert, okay. stay down, stay down. Okay, okay. I'm trying to remember what I was saying, but that was too funny. Uh, that, he's, that there's nothing that he does in this oh, movie yeah, that Magneto, Magneto doesn't do, do better. better. Yeah, like, Magneto is, I feel like the way they hype this character, and, and the thing that makes sense for me with his relationship to Dumbledore is to do a very similar to, like, Magneto and Professor X. Yeah, I believe they're romance much more than these two as well. I do. You know what I fucking do? I God. buy McAvoy and Fassbender so much more. Oh, and I also like, buy Patrick Stewart and, and Ian, Ian McKellen. McKellen. Also, yes. just, like, in real also, life. They love each other they're, so much. Oh, it's... And it just shines through. Um, but, I like, he's supposed to be this charismatic energy. I think he is supposed to be the foil to Jude Law's Dumbledore. I think that he should mm -hmm. be equally charismatic, equally powerful, equally just... He just has to have that thing that you want to join him. And I don't think Johnny Depp has that at all. I think he's playing it so incredibly dead. I Interesting. Think that, like, I think he is playing it yeah. so one note. He's under. He's so underputting. Dead. He's so underplaying it. And so it just makes him seem like he's just like, and I'm evil. Yeah. I guess you're right. It would be more interesting, it, especially in the modern political climate, mm -hmm. to have a villain that you're like, no, guys, he's fucking evil. But to have How him be can you so not, charismatic. He's not evil Beto O'Rourke. Like, he's just Yes, he's evil Beto. You're just like. Beat evil. And you're like, no, Evo. how can this guy. Evo. Yeah, it's this guy that's like, no, we are in trouble. The wizarding world is in trouble. Listen to me. I think he should be that guy that's coming out and saying, no, yeah. we're in danger, guys. I will not be silenced by the government. Exactly. He should be a rebel that that is that is posing himself as a rebel that that is just like, listen to me. Why would you not listen <clears> to me? I, I, I. As opposed to I'm going to kill this baby. I'm here for you rather than I'm just going to kill this baby and fucking vape out of a skull. Like, well, I just don't buy any element of people, of, of ordinary people that are, that are not already inclined to be dark wizards yeah. following him. That's the thing, is it makes me, seeing people decide to follow Grindelwald, this iteration of Grindelwald, seeing Queenie eventually turn and start following oh, Grindelwald, I mean, this fuck. can segue us into talking about Queenie. Please. Um, it makes me lose respect for that character, not because, like, their morals have been compromised, but because, like, how the fuck do You're you not idiot. just see that this person is Wizard Hitler? How do you not understand that? And also... Queenie, you're a Jewish wizard. Why are you going to follow Wizard Hitler? And why are you going to pull your Jewish nomad boyfriend into this as well? well of course he's not going to want to follow him. Like, yeah. this is dumb. He this is so stupid. He's murder muggles. Why the fuck do you well, no, have he wants to turn that? them into slaves. He oh, wants okay. to turn them into okay. beasts of burden. Yeah. Yeah. I have changed my entire view on Johnny Depp now. This, yeah. Fuck that performance. I don't yeah, like it. You're right. Because I want something. I want, I want the Colin Farrell because Colin Farrell did have the like, I'm working for there everyone. There's so I, many actors that could have played I want, this role Yeah, back. I want the thing that makes me go, God, you're so evil, but I love watching yeah. you yeah, be like, evil. I want like Andrew Scott as Moriarty where yeah. it's like, there's yes. nothing that makes me doubt the fact that you are evil as, or the Heath Ledger is the Joker. Like, you are a villain. 
everything about you spells that out, but there's something about you that I cannot take my eyes off right. of. Yeah, now, I think that there's so many actors that, that could play that role, I think, and that still have that kind of steeliness that you can see turning the other way. I think, like, there are so many actors that immediately pop to my mind that I'm like, were they fucking busy? Was fucking Mads yeah. Mikkelsen busy? The, Was fucking yeah. Javier Bardem busy? Dude, Was Daniel Craig uh, I don't busy? want Bardem. I would love Bardem. No. But, they, but it feels like they made this casting choice back in 2003. Yeah, now question, now question Devil's Advocate, I don't want this to be true. Sure. Is there a possibility that they made this character so outwardly evil and had good people follow him purely, especially in like a world that, that relies a lot on American stuff, to be like, hey, this guy's so obviously evil and these good people aren't seeing it see how weird that is to make to make a trumpian uh, to make people that actually that aren't like that 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 spoilers for our all our political leanings but to have people that would vote for someone like trump and to have people that would support someone that evil put it in a big movie to be like See? But then we see? don't. But the problem is, we don't see enough of the lives of those people. Yeah. We don't, I do not yeah. see enough of the wizarding world to think that, that it is justified. I do not see it because we haven't spent enough time in this version of the wizarding world to mm-hmm. understand if those resentments are there. I don't understand because I think yeah. that there's. Like, I don't so want it to be true, but I think that's the only thing I can possibly. I, I also think you're it. giving Trump way too much credit. Like, <laughs> Grindelwald's way smarter than Trump. Oh, no, is. no. He is, but I'm saying as far as like someone that is obviously like evil and hateful. Oh, yeah, so, like, absolutely. These people are following hate. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I definitely think that that's in the mind that, of the filmmakers. Or you okay. need to show more that the ministry is so corrupt that, of course, people would, would not as opposed trust to just institutions. boring and bo- God. Or as opposed to, like, they seem pretty okay. They're just kind of uptight. Like, there's They're not really, dull. other than not letting them marry muggles, there's really, like, In imagines. one country. In one country, <laughs> I do not see enough of the distrust in the institutions. Also, how... Sorry, I mean, that's a future point about Muggle. And but, also, we just don't know enough about Grindelwald up to this point and what he's been doing. And to be honest, I don't care. I don't care. No. And, and the thing is, I just don't care about this. And and and, and also, another fail... I just want to say one last thing about the failing of Grindelwald. I think that... That's a better title. Better title. title. Better <laughs> title. <laughs> Fantastic Beast, the failings of Grindelwald. Yeah, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think when it comes down to it, Vill- I said this in our in our Infinity War episode. I think what makes a good villain is what they bring out in the protagonist. They have to be some sort of foil for the protagonist. And we see that Grindelwald is is obviously supposed to be that for Dumbledore. But Dumbledore is, is not protagonist? our protagonist. Dumbledore is not our protagonist. Newt is. Newt has no fucking reason to go after Grindelwald. Except that Dumbledore all. told him to. Except that Dumbledore told him to. He's like, you're That's my agent of all the students. They literally just kill Lita at the end of this movie, so he has a fucking reason to dislike Grindelwald. They fringe two women in 30 seconds. I yes. also want to point out, we've been talking on this podcast for an hour, and the protagonist of the movie has been brought up once. <laughs> because like, he should, he should, he should not be the protagonist of the movie. Harry's parents. There is a direct line for why Voldemort is the villain of that franchise. And why Voldemort's going after Harry and why Harry's going after Voldemort. There is no such thing. Like, Grindelwald straight up does not know that Newt exists until the end, and then he's like, oh, hey, other person. No, Newt, Newt is a Gary Johnson voter who by the end of the movie is like, oh, fuck me. Oh, I I'm sorry. sorry. But I also, but also, like, that's, and you brought it, you keep bringing this up, Lauren, and I think it's a really good point outside of this podcast, um, but it's such a good point to remember I think for the grand scheme of this is we have heard Dumbledore's <laughs> name, obviously in the Harry Potter franchise. We have heard Gellert Grindelwald's name in the Harry Potter franchise. This is a franchise, Fantastic Beasts, about Newt Scamander. And in the world as we have grown to understand it, 
we do not know Newt's commander as anyone other than the guy who wrote the textbook that Hagrid makes exactly. people use. So there's what you're asking me to believe that is that eventually he's going to help take down the most powerful wizard in history to this point and then be like, I don't want the attention. Uh, don't e- either. It's that either he humbly bows out of the spotlight or he continues to have nothing tying him. Oh, no, but Ian, you forget we can obliviate anyone. Jesus Christ. About anything. He'll probably obliviate Dumbledore. Okay. I want to use the obliviate to to move us into the next section. To take this movie out of your head? Yeah. (laughs) To one of my favorite fucking scenes in that Fantastic Beasts movie, the first one, is the scene at the end with Uh. Frank the Thunderbird doing the obliviate ring. I I genuinely like the scene a lot. I love Frank. And, And I think the beautiful section, again, shout out to Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, choosing to walk out in the rain and allowing himself to be like drenched in the rain and and be like, you know what? This was a great experience that I was never meant to be a part of. Great sacrifice. It's a great sacrifice that gets completely upended in the first 10 minutes. It's a Ron level sacrifice for no, for no reason. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a really beautifully done scene and it has emotional payoff. His character and his love for Queenie. And his love for Queenie. And we get the nice little section at the end of Fantastic Beasts where she goes to visit him in the Kowalski bake shop. And they have the knowing look where he's like, you look familiar, but I don't know. And we'll end and on that. they still have a connection of hope. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they'll date. You know? So. That's where I ended that movie. Yeah. Cut to them being in this movie where she has drugged him, mm-hmm. dragged him across the world to Paris. Or no, to London. Mm-hmm. Um, where Newt is. And they show up randomly in Newt's apartment. He is under an enchantment spell, uh, and they're about to get married. Couple things about this. One, she says she has to bring him there because they're not allowed to be together in America. There are no laws about why they can't be together in London. Why does she have to put him under an enchantment to get him to London? Because maybe he's like... Because how much we don't know exactly how much time has passed at this point. Six months. Six months. We maybe know it's six like, months from the end of Fantastic Beasts to the beginning of the failings of Grindelwald. Maybe wait a smidge. Maybe he has built an entire franchise in America, and he's like, "Hey, I would like to do this. Also, why do we need to get married necessarily? I would like to, but that's fine." <laughs> and then she, and then she is uh, the real. The real answer is that Queenie is what the writers like to call a solution character. She is like, "We have a problem here." Let's change everything about Queenie to make sure these characters can go to this next point. Yep. And in the next scene, we will change everything about her again because the rest of the characters need to get to this point. She is no longer a, a person that is earnestly in love and a good witch. She is a person that is, it, it is drugging and enchanting the one person she loves. And then when he says, hey, why'd you drug me? She pieces the fuck out. Yeah, he literally says, you did, like, in a, a really stupid, shitty line of dialogue that I believe coming out of Dan Fogler's mouth because he commits so he much great, to this he movie. Great. He does great. He does great. You didn't need to enchant me. I've already been enchanted. Like, it's a dumb line. He, he loves her already. He loves her already. And honestly, his reasons for not getting married are super Golly. sound. Yep. For him being like, I love you, but we can't get married right now in this current political climate. And she's like, no, but I love you. I want to get married. He's like, they're going to erase my memory again, and then I'm going to lose six more months. My bakery can't handle My bakery? Who's running the bakery? (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't... His entire plot line in the first movie was to open this bakery, and it never gets mentioned. He has very reasonable reasons for not marrying her. I would have loved one comment. He's not saying we can't be together. He's just saying, hey, maybe we don't get married right now. It's not like, hey, let's work within the system to to change that law so that we can be together one day, truly. And he's he's not even, like, she's not even listening to it. She's just like, well, we'll 
no. Yeah. I'm gonna drug you to London, and then she disappears. And then she leaves makes him the victim, and then leaves him in London. And then the next thing we get is like, time for a new adventure. Which uh, th- this is some fucking bullshit. Her whole thing with like being like Jacob, you and I are done. I'm angry now. I'm gonna leave you in London with no way of getting home and a ruined bakery back in New York. Why the fuck would I marry you now? You you thought the word crazy. You thought the word crazy, and I'm a legilimens, and I can sense that, and I know that you, whether you said it or not, you think I'm crazy, and I do not accept that. Couple things here. One, if she's truly the amazing legilimens that we've uh, we've come to accept Queenie as, and we, we have come to accept Queenie as this, because that's her entire purpose in the first movie, then wouldn't she be able to also tell when he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it immediately after that, that he genuinely means that as well? Mm-hmm. We've seen nothing to make us believe that Jacob would be lying to Queenie. No. Yeah, and also so then why she- doesn't she... <laughs> and, and, and why can't she fucking scope out Grindelwald's like nefarious ideas? Well, and that she can hear when he says, I love you, but I don't want... I can't, we can't get married because of this. Why doesn't she hear that he genuinely means that? That he actually is thinking, I do in fact want to marry you. Yeah. If Harry Potter is a serious primarily about like the Gryffindor house and like the models the mottos of the Gryffindor house this is kind of the series I think it's trying to be at least the first one of the Hufflepuffs yeah like loyalty yeah and and I think you can make the argument that all four of the main Fantastic Beast characters would be Hufflepuffs if they were at Hogwarts except for maybe Tina who I think we're supposed to supposed to kind of accept as a Ravenclaw but she's also not a very smart Ravenclaw sometimes I don't know I think she's a Hufflepuff she's kind of a shitty wizard I think she's also a puff (laughs) Um, but I think that there's that, like, there's the argument that this movie's supposed to be about, like, the people who are dependable, the people who are, uh, who are, who are in the background and don't mind being in the background, that don't need to get the acclaim and the flashiness and don't need to have the spotlight on them. Yeah. But it just makes me question their own self-worth and values if they are so quick to change and be this petty and stupid and honestly, like... A character that I really, really enjoyed from the first movie, Queenie, I've, like, left this movie being, like, I don't under... Like, this poor actress, uh, who I'm blanking on the name of, is, like... She's literally just a plot device. We're asking to believe these leaps and bounds in her character that have no... That have no grounding in the character that you've set up for her in the first movie. And now we can assume the next movie, she's going to be the one that is going and, like, fighting other wizards and killing people... For Grindelwald, or, like, <clears throat> using her legitimate skills to interrogate people or, like, do all these horrible things for... I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure we will get a brand new fucking reason for anything that happens with her if she's even in the goddamn next one. Well, and the next movie is going to be a lot about... The, uh, Rowling has said in a lot of interviews that Jessica Williams and, like, the Ilvermorny crew is going to become more important in the third movie. Because you know movie. what this needs? More characters. More characters! Well, my thing is... I'm so about, tired. About Ilvermorny specifically... <sighs> okay, the best part about this movie, as we, as I said earlier, is the Hogwarts stuff. I think it for me. Yeah, I, it, it, I would agree with that. For, I, I think it's done well. Dumbledore's lessons in the classes. I'm a fucking sucker. I love seeing Hogwarts. Yeah, even though yeah. Like, I can, like you said, I'm I can a look. Stooge. I love seeing. I can yeah. look past him teaching defense against yeah. the Dark Arts. It's whatever. And it's I, an, it and, and we've seen the Boggart before. Same lesson plan that didn't exist. Just so we can see the sheet that she actually didn't yeah. see. Again, I don't. I don't care whatever. about that as much, just because it's like maybe this is the only way to teach people about Boggarts. Like, <laughs> but maybe I think, that's just the thing. But I think it's it's just maybe he was covering for another teacher. And it's simply just better written too. Yeah. Oh my god, Dumbledore is a substitute teacher. Um, but it's also just a better, it's better written. The dialogue is better. The world is more formed. So if we get more Ilvermorny stuff, I'm totally about Dumbledore being like, 
okay, Hogwarts isn't safe, or, you know, I, lo- I love that trope, um, yeah. which I legitimately do, so I need to get more help. I'm going to go to Overmorny because they are another powerful wizarding school, and then I want Dumbledore at Overmorny, and then show me another school. Show me how that world works. Cause show me G- Grindelwald's impact on Durmstrang. Show me, like, that shit. Yeah, because I think where this movie... <laughs> Hard take. Where this movie fails um, is so much of it takes place in the real world. And we are, we are, this is a point I had earlier. I constantly could not tell when they were in the wizarding world and when right. they were in the no Because we are world. expected to believe that from this movie, where most of the wizards spend 90% of their time in London, Paris, or New York, actual real world places, that by the time we get to Harry Potter, Mr. Weasley, who works in the Muggle Artifacts Division... Dude, is the head of the Muggle Artifacts Division. Right, sorry, my mistake. Doesn't know what a fucking rubber duck is. How did we go from I go to Paris cafes to what's a rubber duck in less than 100 years? Get fucked, Logic. Yo, because we have not seen anything about the uh, the Skokie Division of the Wizarding World. <laughs> the, oh uh, my God. the suburbs of the Wizarding World. And, and you know what? They probably, did, they probably just obliviated all the wizards so that they forgot what the mu- real world also, is. Also, like, I genuinely couldn't tell when they were in, like... Were they in the Paris version of Diagon Alley? I don't fucking know. Diagon Alley. I genuinely don't because also everyone's wearing muggle clothes right now. No one's wearing robes in this movie, so I constantly can't that's, fucking tell. That's a really if good point. Yeah. Everyone's like, dressed like they're out of like they're they're a mannequin and express for men or women. A, there's a yeah. fucking chase scene that happens through Paris through a section of Paris with a giant beast. Where there's and like no- a line of people behind a little partition that are like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I genuinely don't know if those are muggles or not." I yeah. Have no clue. Like, why doesn't Newt? Constantly have twelve orbs behind him where he goes Just going oblivion, 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 shit, shit, shit. Dude, he should be leaving a trail of that yeah, stuff. Were Muggles coming to that circus at the beginning? Well, I don't know. Yeah, and at the end of it, there's that giant be- the, the, how Newt escapes with that giant beast, and then no one. There aren't those a bunch of Muggles that saw this giant thing go into a case? Maybe he can blow gold out. Like, that's the other thing about this movie, and I'll make this just a quick note if you can't tell from our exasperation. There's a lot of new magic in this movie that gets zero explanation. Yeah. We're just supposed to accept, Uh, like, that's kind of... Cool, I guess. Also, How does it work? New magic. Where I was like, this would have come in really fucking handy in the Harry Potter. That's exactly universe. how I feel. When which people, makes when me. When that dude turns into a wall, I was like, this would have been really. It's like when R two D two gets jets in the prequels, and you're yeah. like, wait, he can fly. All I need, and two, and that they, was an option. Well, he got out of the Dagobah swamp. I don't think <laughs> Harry Potter is is past this, or the Wizarding World movies are past this, and I think that there's still time for them to do this in three more movies to have like because of the effects of the events of the, the these movies a lot harsher laws got put in place on what type of magic was acceptable and not acceptable to use. I would like that a lot. There's something... Then it would explain but, why we can't get it. But even the people who are breaking the laws aren't using that magic. Well, the fact of the matter is, I like... I think a Death Eater definitely would have turned into a wall at some point. Sure. Uh, hey, Slughorn turns into a chair. Yeah. Oh, Jim Broadbent. He's got a point. What um, a treasure. So we've, we've talked about Queenie and our frustrations with Queenie. We've expressed our frustrations with Tina and the fact that, like, she does absolutely also, nothing in I this like movie. Also, I would like to say one... Can I just say one more thing about Queenie? Please. Uh, because... I'm so tired. Um, Queenie's, it doesn't even, it just doesn't even make sense. I, like, I've, I've been thinking about this for the week since I've seen this movie because it doesn't make sense why she joins him. Because fundamentally, she wants to be with Jacob, right? She wants to marry Seems Jacob. to be that. Because that's her whole thing at the end is she's like, Jacob, if you come with me and we can go with Grindelwald, we can be together. He's promising us free love, essentially. That's literally not what he said, and also it's only illegal in one country. 
So, so, so that we know of. Literally, I think that he probably would have been cool to move and open up a bakery in England if she had just waited like three months. And maybe not enchanted him. And maybe not fucking roofie. Maybe him. don't fucking roofie maybe your don't, fiance. Maybe don't roofie your fiance. Yeah, Jacob um, honestly was <coughs> way too forgiving of that shit. Yeah, I was like, no, the fact that they, they're asking her, the fact that, that he thinks she's being crazy when she literally is being crazy. That's a crazy thing to do to roofie someone and take them to another country. Especially your partner. <laughs> their will. This isn't okay. Okay, so she wants to be with Jacob and then she joins Grindelwald at which point she loses Jacob and then doubles down on joining Grindelwald despite the fact that the one reason she joined him was to be with this person. Yep. I, what point... She's just doubling she's down. She's a plot device. What part of that makes any fucking sense to you? She's, also, she's being used by this speech, movie. He, in that speech, is not promising that they can get married at all. In fact, he probably is promising the exact opposite. Also, you took your Jewish boyfriend to a Nazi rally. That being said, it's also in the 20s. It's 1927. They yeah. don't know what Nazis are yet. Okay, but it's no, no, no. The I, agreed. Yeah, but they, what you said earlier, I'm like, uh, the only. But also, I wonder if they're watching him now. I'm like, that's like Muggle Grindelwald. Yeah. It's like going to an alt right party in 2014. But that's the <laughs> metaphor that they're going with too. Is that like, oh, of course, Muggles are. Jewish people. Yes. Like, they are basically going with, like, he is Hitler, and muggles are Jewish people. Yep. And so she's bringing a muggle to this rally yep. for a person who thinks that muggles should be, be, who should be enslaved. I think the scary thing about it is that that makes, that what you're saying is absolutely logically true, and I wish we lived in a world where I could say, yeah, everyone watching this movie gets that. Yeah, but apparently that's not true. Well, and which we've talked about before, I don't need things to be super subtle in my science fiction, like I and and my fantasy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay if it's like, literally, like if 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 Grindelwald would have just come out at one point and been like, we need to make the Wizarding World great again. I'm not gonna be mad about it because it's like fucking fine. I hope all the twelve year olds that go see this movie realize that he's a, a, a that he's the bad guy. yeah that he's a cipher for Trump, like whatever. But no, I agree. I just think it's it's something that. It does not. It does not line up with the character we've we've had to accept Queenie as from the first movie. Bad, so, bad. This is a long podcast, folks, and we still have so much to get to. So uh, I want to very quickly into. transition into Little Estrange. Um, Little Estrange, played by Zoe Kravitz. And we've also um, mentioned probably one time. Yeah, that we've podcast. that we've brought up one I love time. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, and you know oh. what? In the in the showing that I had. The uh, there were three teenage boys <coughs> sitting in front of me, on their phones playing video games for the entire movie, and the only time they put their video games down were to comment on the looks of Zoe Kravitz. Um, so if that says anything about how interesting a character she was, maybe take note, movie makers. She's a character that would have worked better in a book. She is because all she's there to do is be an exposition dump. Also, and then die. What we've been known to, all we know about her, the only line about Lita Lestrange from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the first movie, is Queenie sees the picture in Newt's suitcase of Lita Lestrange because we've been led to believe that they kind of had a relationship when mm-hmm. they were both at Hogwarts. Um, was Queenie says she's a taker and you need a giver. So all we're but we go into this movie going, oh, the Legilimens, who was able to look into Newt Scamander and see what his experience with this person was, can see that he got the fucking short end of the sick for the entirety of their relationship. Not saying it was romantic, not saying it was just friendship, whatever. Their their being together was her taking and him giving. Mm-hmm. 
Now we're led to believe that she is this fucking, like, martyr that will, like, die for the cause, that harbors all of this guilt, and who, let us not forget, kidnapped and killed a child. Yep. Yep. I have never... I'm like, so, tragic backstory, really cool, still murdered a child. Yeah. Still murdered a kid. So, and then Newt, and Newt's like, it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, Newt says it's not your fault. You didn't mean to. To kidnap a baby. I finally stopped crying. Here's the thing. <laughs> Y'all, I, there have been a lot of movies where I have been introduced to concepts, and I have been like, oh, the filmmakers really want me to think this is important. And I've been okay with that. Yeah. I've been led down garden paths. I've been given clues. And I, as an entertainment viewer, have liked that. I have never in my fucking existence been convinced so hard to care about something as the Lestrange family tree. And even when I saw the actual Lestrange family tree in Order of the Phoenix, yeah. I was like, oh, Interesting that. Men are flowers and dudes are branches. And then this movie is like, you know about the Lestranges? The Lestranges, because in a movie where, here's what we have. Dumbledore and Grindelwald have a thing going on. Grindelwald is trying to create a new, like, kind of basically alt-right of the Wizarding World. Newt is still trying to figure out what the creatures are. Jacob and Queenie are having their own thing. Newt is also trying to figure out where Tina is, while Tina is trying to figure out her own little thing. And then there's a guy that might be an undercover cop or might be part of the ministry. We're not entirely sure. And then Don't forget about Newt's for brother. Newt's brother what happens. About Tina thinking that Newt is engaged to Lita when she's actually engaged yeah. to his brother. And Credence is going on. So those ten things, I just counted on my fingers. Also, we've literally never mentioned Nagini. Nagini. Because why do we need to? (laughs) Other than those eleven things, this movie is also (laughs) trying to make us think... What happened to the Lestrange family? Because one, I hear Lestrange and I say, okay... How is Beatrix involved in this? Or Bellatrix, sorry. Uh, does she... Wait, she can't be a daughter? But is there a cousin thing? But they keep telling us it's fucking Lestrange's! And is Credence a Lestrange? Which, weirdly, they found the one thing that's fucking stupider than him being a Lestrange, which is him being a Dumbledore. So... Dude, th- that's... Ah! Here's the thing, though. <laughs> stupider if he was a potter. The other, th- <laughs> the other thing that... Oh, we'll get to Credence. Credence theories are going to close us out. I've, okay, I've, good. I've yeah. the Credence Two theories are... But, um... <laughs> that sounds like a shitty folk rock singer. His name is actually Jerry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> These are my... This is Jerry and my obscurest Terry. We're potters. <laughs> Jerry and Terry Potter. The, from... From the New York Potters. <laughs> you would know that, but you were obliviated. <laughs> um... The the other thing that's fucking crazy about this is we get in Lita Lestrange's backstory in a fucking like exposition dump in a hallway somewhere. Um, it felt longer than reading the oh section of Prisoner of Azkaban where everything got exposed. Which is supposed to definitely be a reminder of the Prince's Tale of Snape's story. It's filmed the same way. Yeah. It's like, and it it has none of the emotional payoff. But again, I think like you said, Eric, this is like. It only has the payoff that we allow it to have based on how much you as a fan are willing to buy in on this character whose, from what we understood, entire arc is confined to this one movie, Uh, which if you could even call it a movie. But I think the big thing, one of the big takeaways where I was, there are so many, wait, 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 hold on. Pencils are not down yet. I need to ask a question about this test. Um, Her mother was uh, put under the Imperious Curse by, like, the head of the Lestrange family and drawn to her where he essentially, uh, doing the same thing Queenie did to Jacob, mind you, um, pretty much, Mm -hmm. 
essentially her father raped her mother and that's how she was born. She was the product of that. And that the Lestrange family... Very, also very... Very harmful trope. And very triggering trope. Yep. And the fact That's is like... definitely a trope that people were not happy about, rightfully so. Well, and it's something that it's like, you're going to drop that and never go back and explain the repercussions of it. And like have just and her life be this terrible to, thing. You're like, never going to do it because she dies and you're not interested. And ultimately, the thing that fucking pisses me off is like, oh, cool. So the movie was never interested in her because she just straight up died. Before, before she could actually reckon with any of the bad things that happened to her, no. she fucking died. Because <laughs> the movie's interested in what she, what, what emotional payoff we can get for Theseus and Newt Scamander yep. from her death. They are so interested in trying to make us believe Newt is not asexual. Yeah. And I don't oh, know man. why. I mean, just, the, just let him be asexual. Just let, like, he looks so uncomfortable with any, it's like Matt Smith as the doctor and River Song, where you're just like, I feel like this isn't okay. It's sexual abuse. Can, he, I, can I say one? He genuinely looks like he's being harassed. And also, I don't like this. how powerful is it? And again, a lot of my movie, like, thoughts have, over the last few years, have been sculpted by the fact that I spend a lot of time um, at, my, at my job around, like, kids that are trying to figure themselves out. I work at schools and stuff. Like, so I'm, a lot of what I watch now, there's a little bit of like, what do kids kind of need to see right now a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. To have a protagonist that is asexual and probably on the autistic spectrum somewhere mm-hmm. would be so powerful. And to have him be the protagonist yeah. of, of, of the of, movie that he's supposed to be a protagonist. Well, and of a branch of movie that has been like, that the IP has been read almost as many times as the fucking Bible. Yeah. To have that, and again, we can go into this, I mean... With also the gay representation in this mm-hmm. movie, with all of the representation in this movie, how powerful it is to show that on screen. And and, and I'll also be honest. Little yeah. Strange is one of the few people of color that we have. Yeah. yeah. So is the head of uh, uh, the American. Isn't the head of Macusa? The head of Macusa. Mm-hmm. Macusa, baby. Because of her four lines in this movie and her. Mm-hmm. Just astounding ineptitude. Yeah. yeah. But I, we were talking about Lita. So we're talking. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, no, I mean, I kind of cut you off, I think, but like, but Lita, it's just, I, I think that there's, there, again, it's like kind of the grind, it's like everything in this movie where it's like, there's an interesting idea in there that you're just not interested in exploring. No. And I think that like, w- the fact that she died is so disappointing because I know what they're trying to do with it. They're trying to have this woman who has been a victim of, of powerful men coming in and thinking that they know better. And they know the way better. And she's looking at him, and he is throwing all of his charm at her. And she is the one that sees through him and sees that he's a fraud because yeah. she because men like that have fucked her family over, like constantly, always. He's not and a so, good so leader, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And when, <laughs> and she's seeing she's seeing through that bullshit, and she's calling him for what he is, and which is a fraud. And I think that that's an interesting moment that is undercut by her just fucking dying. Yeah, it goes back to. I've been listening to a lot of Benjamin lately. It goes back to the Sorcerer's Stone with the unicorn and says the innocents die first. Mm-hmm. That she is essentially the that she she is an innocent person that sees the truth, so she has to die. But yep. she's not innocent. Well, no, she kidnapped because and killed the baby. That doesn't, that doesn't work because she's not. So innocent. long ago. If Tina fucking died at the end of this movie, that would have been interesting. I would have been dope because I then I don't have to watch her in the next three. But also, like, oh, I love Catherine Waterston. Nothing against her personally. But Dear also, why God, do you have to kill women to? Create drama. It's it's well, so and fucking fr- oh, so this this is literally the section I have. Kill uh, Theseus. The section that fucking I have. Kill Theseus, bruh. Oh my god. No, we that need to get them to hug. No, kill Theseus <laughs> because then Lita and Newt can kind of. Also, fuck their parents. Theseus and Newt. 
Yeah. Who's New- going to be the New- cooler brother? Newton. Newton's commander. Is, is it Newton? I would yeah, imagine. Ian and I had this conversation Newton, the other night. Is Newt is Newton? short for Newton. I want it just to be Which Newt. I told you the other night. Yeah. Ian was like, Newt's not short for anything. I was like, Newton. No, I think you're right. I, I looked that it up. Specific the, rim. I looked it up. Uh, but yeah, the section in my notes about all of this is called Nagini, Lita, Queenie, Tina, or How JK, a female writer, did the women in her movies dirty. <laughs> so dirty. Tina has nothing to fucking do in this. None movie. of the women in this movie have anything to do. No, except for Queenie, and it's bad. Yeah. And, and they're all bad at magic. So, like, yeah, it's like you gave like, us. You're telling me this. Tina's a fucking aura. This yeah? is the woman who gave us fucking Hermione Granger. She had one. She had one in her. Dude, no, she's. I fully she believe had she had Ginny. more. She had Luna. She has Ginny. She has Luna. No. She has McGonagall. McGonagall. Oh, McGonagall. She's got Bellatrix. Bellatrix at least has more agency and she is does. more interesting than and not. And Grant, you know, hot take. Not Helena Bonham Carter's performance of it, but the character of Bellatrix Lestrange oh. has so much. I know I'm, the, I'm one of the few, but um, has so much interesting shit to chew on. Narcissa Malfoy has so much interesting this is shit to chew on. Molly, like there are so many. Now my daughter, you bitch. Uh. So many great women in that franchise, and in this, it's like I need ten thousand. The light of ten thousand Lumoses to find a woman Bro, to care about I in this franchise. I know more about yeah. Patil than I do about Leela Lestrange. Cho Chang has a more interesting psychology going on than Tina than Tina Goldstein you right know what? now. Fucking honestly, yeah. Like, did Fleur Lacour? Yeah, it's Fleur Lacour. Fleur Weasley. Fleur um, Fleur Pomplamus Lacour. <laughs> I guess my. <laughs> ultimately, I, I, I it goes back to what you were saying, Lauren. I think that if this had been novels that J.K. wrote in a room. By herself. By herself. Without without the idea that they were going to be these giant movies. Which it needs an editor, and it needs someone to read it that is not a white person. I think that, like, also, it's just, like, you need someone someone to read your fucking books and tell you if the shit you're writing is offensive. Because I read an article about this that was talking about, like, the, the original Harry Potter books, like, she was writing about white British people. She yeah. wasn't trying to tackle other cultures. Right, time. what you know. Now, if you're trying to, if you are trying to, to portray other characters and other cultures and and not asking people of those cultures if what you're writing is okay, then you're inevitably going to, to run into just some very unfortunate tropes, which right. she's doing left and right. But and even with Tina and, and Queenie, Queenie, she's writing up. She's writing about white women. Yeah. But, it, but it's like we're not going to deal with the repercussions of, of um, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, um, Patriarch Lestrange, who uh, imperiouses a, a woman of color mm-hmm. to fall in love with him and then like we're not going to talk about like the how how like white men have taken advantage of no. people of color for years like there's you give yourself the opportunity to do that but the movie is biting off so much more than it can chew and unfortunately does so to the point in this movie where like you said Eric we have 11 plot lines to try and follow in this movie and because there's so much of that there's not enough room for a fucking plot and what you no. do have instead of getting a plot are these dumb ass Beast sequences of them chasing these fucking beasts that like that are ultimately just there to like keep us awake and reminded that like this move like it's it's just so unfortunate because I I think that there is something to what you're saying, Lauren, about how J.K. has kind of for better and for worse taken herself taken on the role herself of being the spokesperson for these uh, marginalized, um, marginalized groups. groups for being like, I have a platform, I have an IP to do this. She's trying to be an ally. Yeah, but but she, very much like George Lucas when he was writing the prequels, has so much power that no one's going to tell her no. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's, no one's going to... Okay. Yeah, no one's going to be like, 
maybe maybe we need to focus on like an actual beginning, middle, and end to your movie. The same way that it's let's like start there. Yeah, let's start with a yeah story. Let's start with a story where it's like. There's nothing tying this... perpetuating really harmful tropes. Yeah, like, you're one of the best storytellers of arguably the last few decades to millions of people. For my money, you are the storyteller of my childhood. Like, I love you, J.K. Rowling. I love the work that you've given, like, that you've given us. And you do so much good in the world with the power and the money you do have. Like, yeah, you can do this. You have the tools to do this. And this is going to tie into a question I have later on about the (sighs) franchise in general. But... You have the power, and you can course correct. Right. You have been known to do it, so do it. Um, what do we got next? <laughs> let's let's dive into. Uh, uh, let's a, let's a, skim. Let's <laughs> dive into a boy named Credence. Uh, um, I think we're nearing the end of our of our exhaustion right now. Yeah. too, with This movie. Um, also, podcasters, I want you to know a lot of the episodes we do are like. Sorry. That was my phone. Oh. I just played Sound of Silence a little bit over in the corner, because that's what this makes me feel. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of our podcasts we record are, like, in the afternoon or at night, and we're fun. This is, like, a nice, easy, breezy Sunday morning podcast, and this is how we're starting our day. Yeah. I've had three cups of coffee in the time we've been doing it's this. It's not enough. Um, All right, so, yeah, so, um, Credence. Ezra um, Miller, who loves being in Harry Potter. Loves being in Harry Potter, and I like Ezra Miller fine. I do, too. Uh, I think Ezra Miller, unfortunately, is now in two major franchises doing what he can with roles that are incredibly not well, Fantastic to him. Beast is the DC of Harry Potter. Oh god, it's so heartbreakingly true. Um, so yes, we get the big reveal. This whole movie, ostensibly, is about Credence. Dumbledore asks Newt to go to Paris to find Credence. Who died? Um, Credence got Credence is blown obs- up. Wasn't obscurial. Fucking died. Or yes, every wizard in the Ministry shot light bullets at him. Whatever those curses were, for some reason, whatever. Yeah, he exploded into particles. But it's fine. And you have an incredibly, and I think successful metaphor in the first Fantastic Beasts for the repression of magic. I like the Obscura stuff. I, I like it too. I think it's really interesting <laughs> that it's if you suppress your magical abilities for long enough that it eventually kind of becomes what's known, what they call in this movie, the Dark Twin. So it's kind of just like an unfocused and uh, uh, ball of magical energy that just shoots out. And has no, you can't control it. Yeah. And so uh, we find out Credence is this magical ball of energy in the in the first Fantastic Beast. And now Grindelwald's looking for him. He was looking for him in the first movie, and now he's like, okay, I definitely need to find him because apparently he's alive in this movie. Yeah, he's a part of this thing called the Circus Arcanus, which is like an island from Islands of Adventure, maybe. Uh, and <laughs> and he's dating Nagini. Yeah, he was snake from- Horcrux that Voldemort carries around. And uh, she is a human woman that is... Uh, Cursed and... An Arcanus is what it's called, uh, I think. No. I don't know what it's called. It's called something like that. She will, yeah, she, she becomes a snake at, at will a it's, bit and then will eventually... And when she sleeps, it's a swan princess situation. It's right. not an animagus situation. No, it's not that willing. She, she will eventually be, as we see in the future Harry Potter movies, become completely a snake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> that's a concept we are being introduced to in the first first appearance. As far as Harry Potter goes... We're supposed to feel bad about Neville beheading that snake, I guess. Oh, no, I feel... I feel King, King Neville. Well, so, and that's going well, to... I, I do like She's that. not a person. As far as the Harry Potter world goes, though, I dig that as a magical concept. I think, like, a curse that slowly turns you sure. into an animal? Oh, terrifying. Sure. That That is not the problem itself. Fine, that's fine. That's sure. That's I'm fine. Totally, oh, mm, mm. fine. Good year. Um, <laughs> Credence finds out at the end when he crosses the... the 
blue flames to join uh, the, the Grindelwald gang. Maledictus. Maledictus is what it's called. Thank you. Um, when he crosses the blue flames, um, and of course we should know Grindelwald's following some fucking poem that's also a prophecy because this series has to have a prophecy. Oh, yeah, as well. you can't. Have- oh, I tried I to find. For- I fucking forgot about the. Prophecy. I tried to find it online. I couldn't find it anywhere on any. Because no one wants thread. to write it down. It's in the screenplay which they published to make another forty thousand um, dollars or more. But yeah, there's a prophecy that Credence is is the the weapon that or, he is, yeah the something. Avenger the winged Avenger that will rise once he's fallen. And right. since he was supposed to die at the end of the first one, but he's obviously still alive and dressed like the most recently fired member of Panic at the Disco. <laughs> uh, he is he is the yeah, drummer. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, but the uh, so we find out at the end. Grindelwald gives him a wand, which didn't know that's how that worked. Thought wands chose wizards. Um, but he gives him a wand and essentially tells him he is, uh, his brother is trying to kill him and that his real name, which Grindelwald will restore to him, is Aurelius Dumbledore. This is a moment, too, where we said what were our watching experiences like, where he said, for the time he said, your brother's trying to kill you, my whole body went, no, 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 See, no, no, I no. I that bird and I was like, that's Fox. Yeah, he's Fox, tending, he's, he's oh, tending Fox. to Fox a little, this. I was like, God damn it. He's tending to a little bird the entire movie and Dumbledore reminds us that there's a legend in the Dumbledore family that a phoenix will come to any Another prophecy. Another prophecy. I, oh. Um, so... So, I didn't even. For the record, I don't even love the prophecy in Harry Potter. Like I no. get that it's like a thing with him and Neville. I think that's. I, it's another red herring. It's I don't like it. I, I don't think it's needed. You're trying to shoehorn in a prophecy that I don't need. Um, so, <laughs> this this happens in this movie uh, that we're supposed to be we're supposed to be led to believe that he is a Dumbledore, um, and that he is Albus Dumbledore's brother. Now, if this is true, it upends twenty years of canon. Uh, because of the King's of Cross scene. Yeah, one of the best passages in the entire Harry Potter How series. How so? Tell us. It, like, uh, tell us why this why this passage is so what, important. Because that passage is the moment when Dumbledore finally opens up to Harry and tells him the truth. It's one of the first times that Dumbledore has ever completely frank and honest with Harry. What are you saying? Like, like, it's been like, like years he, since I've read He tells part. him all of the like the the history of his like he tells him about like why he couldn't fight Grindelwald. He tells him that he was basically like I'm a flawed person. Like I also haven't reread it in a while, but I remember it being this moment where we finally his, get, to, get to know that he's a flawed person, and he 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 tells Harry about that. I'm trying to remember how much he reveals in that, and how much was revealed in his in his autobiography. He reveals he, he reveals about his sister. He talks yeah, about Ariana. Yeah, and he says that he couldn't he he couldn't fight. Grindelwald. Yes. Because he was afraid that Grindelwald knew whether or not he had been the one to kill his sister. Yes. And so... And he, and yeah. And, it's, you know, it's implied what we know now is because he, he was afraid and, and we know because also it's it, he's in love with him. But mm-hmm. but it's it's one of the few moments where he ever tells Harry about his sister. Where he tells him... Because Harry asks him because he read all of that stuff and Harry was going through this whole crisis about, <clears throat> I never really knew this man. And Dumbledore gets to say, like, no, that's right. And I never told you and that... You know, yep. I was never honest with you, and I'm, I'm being honest with you now. And the fact that he, like, in that moment, this movie is saying he is still lying to him. Because he didn't tell and, him about his brother. Yeah, the fact that the, the movie is now telling us that Dumbledore was lying to Harry even then. Yep. Which I think is so... Why? Upsetting to me. Why in death? Dumbledore is dead at that point in the series. What good is lying to Harry at that point? 
about about this thir- about this second it, brother. It makes me. It makes it ruins Dumbledore's character to me because I think that in that moment Dumbledore knows like I'm dead and it doesn't matter. But what matters is that you're going to live and I want you to like. For one, like, Harry is constantly losing guardians in this series. He's constantly losing people he loves, and he's losing them at moments, like, serious, where he will never truly know mm-hmm. them the way that he deserves to. He's uh, losing his parents before he can know them. He loses Sirius before he mm-hmm. can know them. And he's constantly finding out information after they died about who they were. And so it's it, he constantly never has closure on these losses in his life. And this is finally a moment where he gets to have that closure with someone that he loved dearly. Yeah. And this movie is saying that, that this person that he loved still fucking lies to him. Could which, Dumbledore have been obliviated? Hell, I don't fucking. Frank care. the Thunderbird's back. Okay, God, so let's. I just yeah. like I, I. It's just really. It's genuinely like something that I find really upsetting. It's L- let's get into theories. Just a very brief refresher uh, for those of you who may not remember and haven't read Deathly Hallows in a while. Albus Dumbledore has two siblings: Aberforth Dumbledore and Ariana Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Ariana Dumbledore, everybody thought was a squib, and then she got um, harassed by Muggle boys. For, and essentially um, abused by a bunch of muggles mm-hmm. uh, because of her magical abilities beginning to come out. And she was so ashamed of her magical abilities that she suppressed her magic. This led a lot of the wizarding community to believe that uh, Ariana Dumbledore was a squib, uh, which we now know she wasn't. And from what we believe, this is what created the Obscurus in Ariana Dumbledore. Um, her father, Percival Dumbledore, went to Azkaban for... Um, uh, did he kill those mu- the muggles? I, I, can't remember. I think he killed the muggles that were that were uh, taunting and abusing his daughter, um, and that's why that's why Percival Dumbledore was in prison. Uh, Kendra Dumbledore, we don't know a ton about her really. Mm-hmm. All we know is that she's buried in Godric's Hollow. Aberforth Dumbledore uh, does not like Albus. He's the runs the Hogshead, but does say many times that. Uh, the Dumbledore family was run on secrets and nobody was better at doing them than his mother and Albus. So there's that. We know that going into it. But if there was another brother, yeah. wouldn't Aberforth, having ha- like having the non-regard for Albus that he has, mm-hmm. being able to say, no, I know my brother's a great wizard, but he's also a liar and a, and a sneak and a secret mm-hmm. keeper, wouldn't he have just told Harry about, because he's the one who tells Harry about Ariana and uh, in in the Deathly Hallows, wouldn't he have mentioned? And we also had a brother Aurelius that we forgot right. about and didn't. Who also so, joined Grindelwald. Right, right. So so there's the question then is like I this think, is also taking place after Ariana's dead. Right. So my question then is going forward. Ariana, who died after I don't know if you already said this, uh, were after there was a, a fight between Grindelwald, Dumbledore, and, and Aberforth. Aberforth. Yes. Which is another dumb thing because this movie is also saying that they have a blood pact where they can't fight. Where canonically. That fight did happen. Which is why I'm thinking that back. maybe that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. So I, then I wonder that is there, because if, if, the two people that were good at keeping secrets were Albus and, and the mother. So is the mother on that ship with Aurelius, like stowing away some kind of secret thing because she knows something about Albus, Grindelwald, what, there's another, God, another fucking storyline. There's, no, there's also, there's no way that, that she's hiding away. years go by, and if this actually is his, is his brother, that he's not going to fucking find out. So maybe he does. doesn't, maybe, do we know what happened to the mother? What, Dumbledore's mother, like how she died or whatever? I don't Because well, the question is then, say, did just she forget. just like... They did say, it is within the window. Okay. Apparently, she died <coughs> two years after this baby supposedly uh, was switched. We so, also know. So she could have had... So did, which, did she... Is, 
escape? Did she flee for some reason with this last child because of something going on in the Dumbledore family? Well, and we also know Percival Dumbledore escaped from Azkaban and never returned. So maybe that's the so deal. So maybe she was fleeing with brother, or she or half brother. She was fleeing with mm-hmm. because she was like, uh, "He's gonna come find me. He's gonna come find the rest of the family." Nope. Is there? A possibility of that, you know? Yeah, I think that that's a strong choice. Or that Dumbledore, I mean, <clears throat> does Albus, I mean, he's got to find out about him, obviously, for this, well, no, fuck, nothing's obvious in this franchise, my mistake. if it's true. If it's true, is Grindelwald lying to him? This is, the theories I've found online, and I have a couple theories as well, and this is kind of where I want to go, We're, this is the forecasting section for yeah. the next movie. Um, we're almost there, folks. We're almost there, is the most popular theory online is that Grindelwald's lying to get what he wants out of Cretans. Make him feel, no, you are this powerful. Yeah, to make him feel like that. We, but we do know that Credence is not Corvus Lestrange anymore because Corvus Lestrange was the baby that Lita swapped out yep. and that eventually died when the ship crashed. Or, yep. not, or what happened? Yeah, ship crashed. Ship crashed? Uh, whatever. Um, Titanic, not so yeah. Titanic, who the fuck knows? Um, it sunk. So yeah, so we know he's not Corvus Lestrange because there is no Corvus Lestrange anymore. Right. Um, but... So either Dumbledore or uh, Grindelwald is lying to him, which is a possibility. The other really popular opinion, which I, I do kind of ascribe to a little bit, is that he is not a Dumbledore, but Ariana's Obscurus is inside of Credence because the Obscurus can, from what she's written on Pottermore, can attach itself to people who are in weak or vulnerable emotional states who have some sort of like natural proclivity for magic. So if Creed is hate that. still like um is still a wizard, um, that maybe Ariana's Obscurus attached itself to him and is living it out. So when he is talking to uh, um the, the you know saying you are a Dumbledore, you're this, he's actually talking to the Obscurus, not to Credence. The the weirdness comes into the fact that Ariana died, I think like eight years before Credence was born. Um, and it can't survive outside of that. That no, that. it can survive because Newt has one. No, in but his outside bag. of that thing. Yeah. So it Newt, can't, but it can't survive outside of that little bubble thing. Yeah, for, but, for that long. But Newt has one, which makes me wonder: like, has this thing just been like rip roaring, like riding along, trying to find a host, like the symbiote in Venom, until God. it attach itself to Credence? Um, also, why? Can, I'm. I know that lineage is a huge part of Harry Potter. As far as like, I mean. So much of the original books are Harry is the chosen one. That's the whole thing. And the whole pure blood thing, like, people are obsessed with, like, the the, the wizarding blood, all of that is, like, that is definitely a, a consistent theme in Potter. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, like, can we just have a wizard be a wizard that he, he's actually, not, I mean, I'm also going from Star Wars on this. Like, Rey doesn't have to be a fucking Skywalker. Cree... Dense God, I can't even say his whole name in one breath. Creed- we're talking about the Cree. <laughs> the Cree. Um, coming up, Captain Marvel. Um, Credence can just be this being that was being used by these powerful families, which is why I like that Obscurious argument. But then that also she means the that... the only one that's powerful enough to kill Dumbledore. It's that, his sister. That's enough. Like, but, the, only, the thing is, that, like, that could be a thing. Like, he doesn't, he didn't have to be a Dumbledore. No, it just literally could have just been like, you are very powerful. You're the only one that can kill Dumbledore. Well, and I like, I like the idea that it's Ariana's Obscurus inside of him, because then it's Grindelwald literally, like, playing, because Obscurus is, like, it's all emotion. It's yeah. all emotion and energy and power. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of Grindelwald trying to turn that, because he knows he can't kill Dumbledore either, so I'm going to let your sister 
be the one to kill you. Because you won't fight her. But then it's like a manifestation of his own guilt about Exactly, which I think is really interesting. And But if that's the truth, then nothing in this movie mattered. No, it's it does. All a it, red well, but but I think it makes sense as to why I think it answers a lot of questions. I think it answers why he needs a Queenie. I think it answers why because I think Queen because Queenie's a legilimence. So when he he could go in and be like, "Hey, Creedence, how you doing, buddy?" and and Creedence could be like, uh, "I don't know, I'm kind of scared, whatever." Okay, well, let me talk you down. There's a reason he sends. I've got to believe if if I'm going to hold on to any semblance of the series has any hope that he needs Queenie there because Queenie can talk to a person and calm them. That's the power of the legilimence and. Can, can, she talk can read can read an emotional state even if someone's lying. And can she can she communicate with, with the, the obscurus? I think whether she knows it or not, maybe she's communicating with the obscurus. When she comes in and is like, he's still scared. He's worried he made the wrong choice. He's really got kind of a high pitched voice. Yeah, I just like, can't tell. He sounds kind of like a lady. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like Valerian, where he's got the, the the female alien in his brain. I would rather watch Valerian 18 times in a row than oh, watch man. this movie again. Any day of the week, baby. Um, yeah. I'm a Valerian guy. But uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so he, so there's that theory, and like that's why that would explain why he needs Queenie. Uh huh. I buy, I buy that. I think that I still hate how Queenie gets there, but that makes sure, sure that, sure, that sure, tracks. Sure. I'm not saying that it does it well, well but it explains why thing. she's there. Otherwise, like, because he's Grindelwald, he is a powerful wizard. He well, should also be he's able to be super charismatic and be able to talk anyone. He could do it by himself. But he still needs, needs Queenie to come in and tell him how to approach a fucking twenty year old. Yeah. So the only reason you're right. The only reason that he needs someone is because who is that power, who is legitimate, is yeah. that can talk to that spirit inside of him. Well, and it's not like Queenie was like, it, or at least it felt like in the movie when Queenie gets invited to the Grindelwald house, um, that that's um, that that's completely like mm-hmm. uh, a choice. Like she is out in the rain. Crying, um, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, I guess uh, you know the, the the his kind of like henchwoman goes up and kind of finds her, yeah. which leads me to believe they were seeking her out. They sought her out. Okay, um, they found her and were like, hey. Yeah, but again, all this is 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 back to the Infinity War topic. As like, is all based on the fact that the, that these next three movies." Take this one semblance of a theory and hopefully implement it. Yeah, well, that this is like on the understanding that we don't go to the next movie in twenty. Because I will see the next. Oh movie. yeah, we're all going to the next one in, yeah. in twenty twenty, and then we're like, "Well, I was fucking." I'm a bullshit. bitch for capitalism. I'm a fucking. Uh, dude. So I guess my I'm question. Sorry, I'm gonna see a Harry Potter movie no matter what it is. Like I'm. I. Like, yeah. My my may question. Not see it at midnight, but I'll see it. My question for both of you is: yeah. Do you have any other counter theories? Anything else that you think? I have one more theory. That I really like a lot, even though I don't see a way of it working out. Sure. Yeah. I, or, or, no, you had one. Here. Yeah, so my, my, main, my main one is definitely that the blood pact isn't a thing. That it's actually just a sentimental memento. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, de- sentimento? A, a sentimento? A uh, sentimento. That is basically just Dumbledore's excuse not to fight Grindelwald. And I, I think that that is, that makes that a lot more interesting. Um, I have, uh, I mean, that's all I... That's really all I got going forward because honestly, I wasn't interested enough in a lot of the things that ended at the end to theorize. I mean, I think that yeah. ultimately, I mean, Greenwald is going to keep gathering followers, and the next movie will hopefully. I, I think we'll get over morning the next one. That's a. Mm-hmm. I mean, that That'll as far cool. as theories go, Jessica Williams is already cast yeah. to play Eulalie, Eulalie Hicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I think that's. I want. We'll get more over morning. Um, and I, I, I subscribe to this Obscurus theory, but yeah. that's about it. Because I also, um, I don't like to theorize in general. Yeah. But I did see one thing on The Ringer, but this is going to be like movie five, so who the fuck knows. 
Um, like, the, the Ringer was kind of doing their, um, like, kind of post-movie thing. Then I, they had a theory that I thought was kind of interesting that I'd like to hear from you. I don't, I don't think that this will happen, but I think it would be interesting if it did. If, when Rita Skeeter talks to Harry about the fight between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. In her book. In her book, or, and it, or I can't remember, yeah. It, yeah. She talked to, it's in the book, yeah. Um, about how it's very possible that they actually, well, not very possible, but she theorizes, like, it's possible they didn't fight at all. And that he ultimately ended up coming quietly. Like surrendering to Dumbledore. Yeah, because they do end on very good terms. Like, he never sells Dumbledore out in the end. That, like, ultimately this final battle is a confrontation that is just about, that they never do actually end up fighting. Yeah. That it is actually just a confrontation between two people that loved each other. Five movies that lead up to a conversation. So here, yeah. here's here's my thing about that. Why It sounds it, like a dumb thing that would happen, but also it's, like, actually character-driven, so I would be it is, kind of interested to see how that could happen. The thought of it fills me with undying rage for this <laughs> one reason. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's fifth movie, right? I will not have watched four movies of this to not see all the special effects of the two of the two greatest wizards of all time going fucking all out. I I want no. I want. I want like the season finale, a series finale of Avatar: The Last Airbender between Aang and the Fire Lord. I want that shit. I want you flying. I want elements. I want spells we've never (laughs) seen. I want the greatest fucking magic. I want him to come quiet. Yes. I want Dumbledore. I want him to give up. Over with him, neck at like one of the neck and being like, of course I'm not gonna kill you, but. I want us to I want watch... I the other way around. I want them to somehow make me give a shit about Grindelwald, so it is literally the other way around that he can't kill them. You want to know what's amazing? In both of your theories, I don't see Newt, I don't see Jacob, <laughs> I don't see <laughs> Tina, I don't see Queenie. I don't see a need for any of these fucking people. As I've said to you before, we talked about this in the, in, like when we were walking around, like... Jacob doesn't need to be here. No. Oh my god, you there's know what? nothing. There's, there's no reason for him to be in this movie. So, and it's I love the character and I love the performance. But no. But there's no reason. And there's too much shit in this. Eventually you're gonna need to start closing threads as opposed to making more of them. If Newt does anything in the final battle that helps Dumbledore win, I burn the theater down. <laughs> he <laughs> he has to! No, but there's but, but, uh, yeah, wands in the ground now. That's a thing. That's a fucking thing. But I think, no, there's I think definitely... It, looks cool. it, it, it was a cool move. But, it was a cool move, but also I was like, what is this? Because that also... But as we said, he doesn't get mentioned. Like, if yeah. Dumbledore and Grindelwald... Those it has really to be... the coolest moment of the movie for It me. was. Oh, boom. Bam! I, it was, admitted, I admittedly was like, that was, that, that was cool. It was Marvel Power Him mode. and Theseus, Percy Weasley, Scamander. Okay. But I just, like, I think that ultimately I need... we If we're going to earn... The idea that next time I watch the Harry Potter movies and I see Richard Harris and Sorcerer's Stone, I want to remember Jude Law going fucking ape shit and be like, oh my god, that's why everyone's terrified. I, I wanna you, wanna, see you wanna see him have a Yoda fight at the end of yes, Attack of the Clones? Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what I want. I'm kind of down for that. Because we have talked on this podcast so much about how much we are told in this movie about Grindelwald. The same shit's kind of happened to Dumbledore. I want to see... What they yeah. talk about. No, I, so, I totally get it. The most we get is him and Voldemort. put on a little spangly robe at some point. Well, I would like to see him get a little, I, a little fun with his outfit. Yeah, I think there's something there. I my, need two more movies of suits. I want <laughs> that final battle 17 years later. He's got to have Sparkly something. wizard shit. He's and some gray hair. And like, I want them, maybe they recast both of them as the movies like, like, like the queen. Yeah, yeah. maybe they, maybe they treat it like the crown. The queen, the crown, sorry. I also think, and this is my one other theory about Credence. 
and I really want this to be true, but I don't see a way for it to be true, timeline-wise. Mm-hmm. All right. I do think, because this movie's so obsessed with... And we didn't even talk about how the fact that... And we don't need to. That um, McGonagall is not... Uh, she's in this movie. Oh she does not need to be. She, she, um, she shouldn't exist. be. Timeline-wise, she's negative nine. nine. Um, and in the credits, is credited as... Minerva, young Minerva McGonagall. Um, right so off, fuck off, movie. J.K. doesn't remember her timeline, or the producers got way too too much of a hand in making this movie. Um, I, but because everything about this franchise is so obsessed with tying into Harry Potter in some way, I think Credence will be somebody significant in the Harry Potter world. I, I think he's a gaunt. I think a he's a gaunt. He's he's the uh, John of <laughs> yes, John of Gaunt uh, <laughs> of England's history. Um, no, I, uh, the the family that Tom Riddle came from, which that explains why no Nagini way. stays with okay, him. Okay, okay. There's no there's way no that way. we end this fucking series which without Voldemort showing. I think Tom. Okay. I think maybe he's he's uh, he's maybe he's a gaunt. Maybe he is Marvalo Riddle. Like I think maybe there's something there. Okay, because I, for me to buy. That Nagini, this person who we have known to be nothing but this incredibly... We don't know anything about her, but that she's a loyal Hufflepuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she's also an outsider and she loves Credence. That's <laughs> all we know about her. I don't hate that. I don't hate it, but but also now Credence has become a part of the wizard Nazis. So, or, you know, the, the wizard alt-right. So we need to know why she eventually... Is like be, serves Voldemort, and the only way that I can think is because Voldemort is a descendant of Credence, which would make him a gaunt, which I think makes sense as to why like we that that she sticks with him, and why like when Harry ends up going into the gaunt house in Godric's Hollow in the seventh book, and Nagini's there as John, which of Ga- also like, makes Credence a descendant of Salazar, which makes him a, which would be which would uh, mean or, or explain why he's powerful enough. To hold Ariana Dumbledore's Obscurus within himself. And hey, snakes. And and be able to fucking blow up a mountain with a random ass wand that Grindelwald gives him. With wordless magic. With wordless magic. As opposed to like the wand choosing the wizard. I can fuck with that. I think that there's something there, and I like that theory. Gymnastics to get that to happen, man. I feel like all of these theories are like, well, take gymnastics to do it, but that sounds like the type of bullshit they'd spend an um, entire movie justifying. But I also think J.K. has proven time and time again with how much she's willing to retcon her own IP that she listens, tries to at least, and has up until this Johnny Depp thing, listened to fans Mm -hmm. and really given fans a lot of like what they want. Uh, in terms of, like, character development and stuff like that. So I think, like, I there is a big part of me that does not believe, and this goes into the final question, that does not believe she knows 100% where this story is going to end. And that this movie kind of came out as, like, a taste test, and the audience will then kind of be like, this is bullshit, we don't like this theory that he's a Dumbledore, we don't like this, we don't like this, we don't like this. And then in the next movie, she'll be like, well, he was never a Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that the whole time. Well, it's the same thing All that right. she did with Credence being dead and with Jacob getting obliviated. Yeah, it's like, oh, you you thought that? Well, so we're going to try. Like, anything could be fucking fake in this. Anything could be fake, which makes me not care or want to right. invest in much because I know that I could just be like, like you know, the wool could get pulled from my eyes. Nothing is nothing. And nothing, and nothing is nothing. But I think that, that she is a smart enough writer to eventually, and this answers the question that I'm going to ask is, 
I do have faith in J.K. Rowling that she yeah. will be able I still to pull you. this out. I still yes. love you, J.K., more than any other author on this planet. Like, yeah. Ultimately, all of that... I don't want this to be the case. Uh, yes. Ian, as you said, none of our theories involve Newt. At or all. Tina. Yes. Or Newt. It's like, Newt doesn't need to d- be here. No, I don't care. I want them to honestly get rid of the Fantastic Beast moniker for the next... You said the five movie series. They're you all going to be Fantastic Beast that confirmed. Fuck me to death. Fantastic Beast, colon... Uh, it's not about beasts anymore. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts colon retconning beasts. Fantastic Beasts colon the crimes of Dumbledore. Can the probably. last one be called Beast Mode? <laughs> Dude. Fantastic Beast Mode? The, the, oh the barebone tree. Like, the yeah. fucking... Oh, my God. The skills of Dumbledore? Yeah, so so that's my final question is... All right. Stock up, stock down. Are we in or are we out of the Fantastic Beast franchise? I'm fucking that's in. A question. I'm gonna... Of course I'm in. I'm in. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in as well to find out, but like you said, this movie has seriously uh, blown up the mountain of faith I have in this franchise. Yes, because ultimately I think that I am so... Ultimately, we are still all so in on the world. I mean, shit, we just spent over two hours theorizing about the mythology of a movie we didn't like. And so we, ultimately, if you get... ultimately, we love this fucking world. Yeah, and I don't... Like, I would not be this passionate about it if I did not... Love it and want it yeah. to be better. So give the next one, give me, at the end of the day, give me a good script and I'm there. Yeah. Give and me get, a movie. Get Newt. Give me a movie. Yes. Wait. Fucking give me a movie. Get Newt and Tina and Queenie and Jacob out of the fucking main, main or stage. Or give them something to do that makes sense. Put them in the case and have Dumbledore and Grindelwald have their shit. Give Credence, do that obscurious thing with, with the sister and just... Stop pretending like you weren't trying to make Harry Potter again. We're fine. We forgive you. Yeah. Okay. And also, like, if you don't want to put Nicholas Flamel in the next one, I'm cool with that, too, because he looked yeah. like fucking Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. He yeah. did. Yeah. I kind of thought. I think uh, finally, that was fun. final words are, like, around, like, tweet length, yes. the dumbest other thing that we haven't mentioned that you just want to bring up. Like, just rapid fire, oh, like, God. Thing one that thing that we haven't, thing we brought, we haven't brought up that you think is super fucking dumb, because I'm sure we've missed something. Um, I've oh, got geez. mine. Go, go, go. Start. Yeah, you start. Uh, sewer Parasite. <laughs> oh, yeah, in, co- in Kama's eye. Yeah. The little water dragon in his eye. Why? Oh, also, Binti. Bunty. Bunty. Yeah, his his plane assistant. Thirsty as fuck. His thirsty assistant. Um, yeah, uh, the big thing that we didn't, we, we kind of, glazed over, but I just, I really don't need the fucking high school romances in this franchise. Yep. I could care less. There's one relationship I care about and it's Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and unless you're gonna fucking show it to me and give me more definitive proof, which honestly, this movie did give me more than I was expecting. I know, but it I, did. the thing is, like, movies, I don't need them to make out for you to do as a confirmation. I literally, by the end of these five movies, I need vocal confirmation That they love each Dumbledore. other. Or at least that Dumbledore I just need. Him. I don't even need that they both love each other because I don't even think I necessarily believe that Grindelwald loves him back. I need vocal confirmation from Dumbledore that he loves this man I, or loved this man. I also have an interesting, yes... Because I agree that I, I, I personally I agree that I thought this movie went farther than, than a lot of people but were also, saying. But also, we know about right. that yeah. because we know yes. the story. Yes. We know yeah. how the Mirror of Harrison was. But what I was going to say <laughs> is that um, the look they gave each other in the mirror is beautiful. And also, him saying we are more than friends in the 1920s is also a huge thing. Sure. Because I think I'm that all... it needs to be out. Right, no, but also, uh, but I'm saying that, like... For, not what you're saying, but also like a lot of the articles going up to this movie about here's what I want this movie to say. It is also so dangerous 
I mean, you you can be put to Alan Turing. Yeah, but also at this we don't know what the status in the wizarding world. Well, is. you can't. You, yes, you can't marry non-magical people. Can I, you're right? Can same-sex wizard couples exist? We don't know. Right, we don't, but I, we don't, it's yeah. a completely different culture yeah. that is that is isolated from right, muggles. Right, but I'm but all I'm saying is that that was the thought in my head. I was watching this was like, oh, he's saying that, and everyone kind of took a second, and I'm like, oh. You still probably can't openly acknowledge us because even in the imagining world, it's still the 1920s. I know, but I'm also saying like you have the mirror. Of, you have so much magic. You have so the, much magic. In you this have world. the platform, J.K. You do not need yeah. for it to be him to be out in the wizarding world or to be telling people left and right that he loved this person. But you have so you have a fucking pensive that's in this fucking right. school. Oh my I, God. And, I, and I think honestly, the fir- if we spend more time in Hogwarts, right? But I think ultimately when we do... That is actually one of my little theories. When they do get Grindelwald and Dumbledore in the same room, we're going to get that. I think we'll get I something. I hope so, bruh. I really do think we'll get something. Because I also think we'll get... enough. I, I love... And I, I, I love the way Dumbledore is dressed, but I'm wondering if his admission of that has anything to do to lead to uh, him wearing a lot more elaborate and flamboyant <laughs> robes and being really like, no, we this is see. my this is my best I'm self. coming out. Yep. I love it. I want the um, oh yeah, and my and my tweet lane dumb thing is anything involving Newton romance. Fuck it. Yep, yep. anything. Get it gone. What about that? Uh, what about that six sorcerer stone cameo <laughs> when Nicholas Flamel opens up his safe and he's got two things in it: a fucking yearbook that he can use to talk to wizards that I guess is like the the pre order of the phoenix phoenix. It's like the order of the hatchling. Oh, man, I, I and, love, I love and the goddamn sorcerer stone, and that's it. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing in this movie? I do not need everything to be like, oh, there's also like some theory I read online about Newt's commander being Hagrid's father, which is like, oh, so we're going to watch Newt fuck a giant in the next movie? Is that what's going to happen? Because all of these theories are ridiculous. Well, everyone wants that Newt dick. Well, yeah, no. Everyone wants that Newt dick, that weird, weird Newt dick. Well, pro- okay, come on. Guys, is there anything <laughs> Is there anything we have learned over the years other than the weirdest part of the internet is Harry Potter fan theories. Dude, I swear to God, there's probably... Y'all need Jesus. There are... There's more definitive proof in this movie that Newt fucks his beasts than that Dumbledore and Grindelwald had anything other than, like, a light handhold on, I think a, on Newt, a rainy day. No, there's more evidence that Newt is a Ken doll than any of that. I don't think there's anything going on down there. That's why Newt's so scared. That's what... Also, like... Also, we pointed out that Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the... The, the new Sabrina is more, like... Has is more a, gay representation than this. Yeah. More gay wizard representation. Okay. Right, here's we're, here's we're, my we're, one. I got one more thing. I'm so sorry. This is so stupid, but it bothered me so fucking much. Bring us home. Bring us home. When Lita Lestrange is at Hogwarts and she le- like in the, like when she comes back to to put like the magical <laughs> yeah, shackles to put magical shackles on Dumbledore. Yes. Um, and she's wandering through the, the halls and she goes into the classroom that I guess we're led to believe is the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom because mm-hmm. it's Dumbledore's room. Right. And she opens up a desk and you see a carving that obviously she or Newt made that's like L plus N and there's a heart or whatever. So her and Newt's command. And there's all these other little carvings in the desk and it's so sweet. Mm -hmm. This is a motherfucking magical school. You're telling me at the end of the year they don't have somebody just cleaning up all these desks? (laughs) There should be no memories anywhere. That should be something that you have like a magical like like you you magic some ink like like mysterious ink like it's the two pens you got with the clamshell of Harriet the Spy that you can 
can then show the yeah. hidden message of L plus N. Or is Filch doing it by hand? Is Filch fucking in this movie? Is Filch in the... Know. Yeah, do we get young Filch? Do we get young, idealistic Argus Filch that's like, I can't wait until my internship at Hogwarts is done. Yeah, also, where's 3 Where they'll suits. grant me magical powers. Oh, shit, I'm a squib. Maybe he's got an Obscurus, too. Who fucking knows? Like We're giving out magic left and right in this fucking Does movie. Does Filch have an Obscurus? <laughs> I, God damn. That's where I want to end today. Wait, is, Newt's, is, is Newt Filch's dad? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Our new band is now called Filch's Obscurus. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this extra long. Uh, thank you for sticking to the end of this episode <laughs> of Not Another Film Podcast. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to us if on you iTunes. Come and yell at us. Please, please come yell at us. Let us know your theories. Email us at notanotherfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Anybody have anything they want to plug real quick? Uh, Eric, do you have anything on Utini that you're excited uh, yeah. about? Yeah, uh, if you are a Star Wars fan, um, head over to utini.com. Uh, we are a book uh, subscription service. If you want to read some Star Wars books, if you want to read some blogs and articles that I have edited or written about stuff, if you like my narrative voice, head on over there. Uh, I do some writing for them. Utini.com is the best. Yeah. Uh, I'll really quickly plug the For Your Reconsideration pod. This is a podcast that Cole Goff, one of our other co-hosts, and I run, where we're taking on prestige cinema and talking about which movies have really stood the test of time uh, that have won Oscars and which movies we think actually deserved them. Uh, the 1992 episode is going up. Uh, it's actually up right now if you're listening to this. So take a listen to that. We've got 1990, 1991, and 1992 on there. We'll be coming at you with 1993 next. Um, and then, Lauren, you're going to play soon. Tell us about that. Oh, I am. I didn't know we were plugging plays. Plug a play. Um, yeah. I'm, it's not until January, but I'm going to play in Chicago. Um, it's called I Know My Own Heart. It's written by uh, Emma Donoghue. Who, who wrote Room. Who wrote Room, the book. Um, and it's a premiere. It's, uh, it's a, in terms of we're talking about uh, representation for LGBTQ people. It is a play about um, Anne Lister who was one of the first uh, out lesbians uh, that we know of. Uh, it's about her life and her love stories, and I'm in it, and it's cool. So check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to check into our next episode where uh, Lauren, myself, and our guest Christopher Hainsworth will be talking about a little movie called Escape from New York. Have a good time. Oblivion!